Don't make the stuff too hot or it'll melt the bag. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, March 15th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 391. This is No Agenda. Working on my HVE classification here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, it's still raining. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Beware of the Ides of March. That's today, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Ides of March. That means so, something. Uh, that means something historically. I'm not sure. We have an interesting dilemma. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so What's, the No Agenda Nation uh, uh, came, the coin, Eric. No Agenda Nation, oh, the, the Mayan coin uh, thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he donated, he took $500, which he gives us a cut of all these sales, mm-hmm. and gave it to us. And said, he said, he says it's another 500 but I didn't, I don't see the first 500 and Eric's <laughs> going to have to oh, give God. me the date or something. Because he said, I don't know, this is may not be kosher, because this is not the same as what we're asking for. What? He says that he donated another $500 to make it 1000 so you have to tell the Dave Matthews story. No, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not that's how it works. No, it's $1,000 no. straight no, no, up. No, 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 straight up. No, 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 no. And none of this I'm, I'm sorry I even started this whole thing now. I am too. Yeah, I, I might have to withdraw it. I might have to withdraw because well, you can't. You can't withdraw it. Well, you I, I can do anything I want. You don't have to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, just send send your thousand dollars, and I won't tell the story. Yeah, that that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> That's what you should. If Matthew's ever listened to the show, he would <laughs> gladly send ten thousand. Yeah, more. I might donate it myself. Nah, what, what am I saying? Yeah, anyway, uh, HVE, John, do you have your classification yet? Are you studying for your uh, papers, for your HVE classification? The the uh, humanoid vehicle exam? Very close, very close. Now, this is brand new. Just came over the transom this morning as I was uh, uh, scouring uh, the No Agenda News Network and uh, and listening to the uh, the propaganda channels. It just came out uh, this morning. This, of course, is all related to the... Uh, um, the um, soldier gone rogue in Afghanistan, which is oh. uh, which I have uh, quite a theory on. Uh, but this, of course, you know, this will result in HVEs. <laughs> I know you're puzzled, right? Uh, yeah, keep going. Uh, well, I'll play the clip for you, and then uh, you'll understand how this uh, horrible event in Afghanistan uh, in the Helm. I think this was the Helmand province. Uh, will lead to HVEs. Islamic Emirate has decided to suspend all talks with Americans taking place in Qatar from Thursday onwards, reads a new statement from Taliban spokesman Zabullah Mujahid, until the Americans clarify their stance on the issues concerned and until they show willingness in carrying out their promises instead of wasting time. Here it comes. Quote. Finally, the Afghans' outrage over the Sunday shooting rampage has led the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security to issue a joint bulletin to U.S. law enforcement agencies warning that this incident could contribute to the growth of HVEs, homegrown violent extremists. Yay! <laughs> homegrown violent extremists. Where did you get that? What, what was that clip this, from? This just came off of uh, Fox this morning. 
This is brand new. The report is brand new. It came so out this HVE morning. So HVE is a is an invention that is in the works. Yeah, brand new. Homegrown violent extremists, meaning American citizens who carry out Islamic jihad right here on U.S. soil. Yay! Well, this is all part of uh, a bigger strategy, and uh, this actually it was a clip on you know Sunday before the the show started. I was watching. Uh, my favorite uh, Rubenesque woman, Candy Crowley. I think she actually, I don't, does she still qualify as Rubenesque or is she just big? Big woman. Big woman. And she had Harry Reid on. Harry Reid, of course, is the Senate Majority so that Leader. That must be an interesting side by side. He's a skinny <laughs> They used to draw pictures of me and my girlfriend when I was 13 that would be a, a caricature of Harry Reid and, uh, and Candy Crowley. <laughs> I had kind of a plump girlfriend, my first love. Barbara Weatherford was her name. I, I have a thing for uh, Rubenesque women. And uh, she asks not once, not twice, but three times the question she poses to Harry Reid if it is okay to uh, drone American civilians. Oh, good for her. Yeah, very good. Now, she actually poses the question a little differently. She had the exact same question I did, John, is what is the difference between due process and, process, and judicial yeah. process. Judicial, yeah. Uh, which is what uh, our very own uh, Attorney General, Eric Holder, said at uh, Northwestern University. Uh, the general, as he's known in the, in the circles. Uh, let's uh, see if Harry Reid even knows what that means. Uh, let me ask you something about uh, something the Attorney General said recently. He was giving a speech uh, to Northwestern University Law School, and he was suggesting, um, he said, you know, people are arguing that for some reason the president needs to get permission from a federal court before taking action against a U.S. citizen overseas, overseas um, who's an operational leader in al-Qaeda. Um, he said that's just not accurate, that due process and judicial process are not one and the same. Do you have, and this is creating quite a stir, do you have any problem with that? Do you understand what that means exactly? No, I don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know I what that got a clue. I don't know what that means, but, but he has some explanation. I do know this. Oh, okay. The, the American citizens have been killed overseas who are terrorists. Terrorist. And uh, frankly, if anyone in the world deserved to be killed, those three did deserve I, to be killed. They deserve to be killed, John. Just I want to cement that in your they mind. Deserve if, to be killed. If anyone deserved to be killed, where have we come to in this in this world? One guy was just accidentally there. His son was. The other was the sixteen-year-old yeah, kid. His son deserved to be killed. Deserved to be killed. Deserved to be killed. Just for, now, these are the are these the same Democrats that are all <laughs> against the death penalty? Deserves to be killed, dude. You know, hey, wait a minute. I'm asking you this question. You have to answer. Yeah, uh, it's a great <laughs> question. You, I just had, not a great question I, at all, but I, it's I a just, question that I'd like to ask. I just had a Aren't really... Are these the same Democrats <laughs> that are dead set against the death penalty, which is done through a, a criminal system, a court of, uh, you know, a, a legal system, a judicial system? They are dead set against the death penalty, but but these people deserve it to be killed. Give me a well, tell well, no, me, no, no, no. It's only to me. It's only these three people. Because if anyone deserved to be killed, it was these three. I just had the weirdest sensation, John. I'm sitting in my chair. You know how you get in the car and you automatically put your seatbelt on. Yeah. 
I put just, your seatbelt on literally, the chair. I, I literally and then reached. And you looked down and you said, what am I doing with the seatbelt in this chair? I literally reached over my left shoulder for a minute, like, strap in. This is going to be a bumpy ride. I, that, that was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. All right, so let's uh, let's listen to him uh, finish his answer because, of course, you know, they, they deserve to be killed. I think Candy Crowley is good. She, she tries it again. Is this okay for the president to kill American citizens. And these are the three that were killed in Yemen, and, and, and I understand that, but just, are you slightly uncomfortable with the idea that the United States... Slightly uncomfortable with the idea. ...states president, whoever it may be, can decide that this or that U.S. citizen living abroad is a threat to national security and kill them. Well, I don't know what the attorney general meant by saying that. I'd have to study it a little bit. I've never heard... Yeah, why don't you study that a little bit, douche? ...that term before, but I think the process is in play. The process is in play. Hmm, what does that mean? The process is in play. I think it's one that I think we can live with, and I think... (laughs) Can you live with that, John? Are you okay with that? Well, they haven't droned me, bro, but... (laughs) Well, can you live with it until they drone you? You can live with it, right? The process is in play. International war on terror that's going on now, we're going to have to make sure that we have the tools Tools. to get some of these people who are very bad and comply with American law. Okay, so here it is. If you're very bad, if you're very bad, not just bad, if you're very bad, then we have the tools to make you comply with the law by killing you. (laughs) Process in play. I think we're all comfortable with it. Candy Crowley, try it one more time for me, girl. And you think that the president should be able to make that decision in conjunction with the folks in the administration, without going to folks. court, without going to you. Who were the, fo- the folks in the administration? Folks. Hey, who decided to kill that guy? Some folks. Some folks over there in the, in the administration. Valerie Jarrett, some other folks. Wall, anything. There, there is a war going on. Oh. Uh, there's no really? question not about declared. that. Where's the, where's the declaration of war? There is no question. You have to listen to what he says. There is no question there's a war going on. There's no question. Uh, there's no question about that. He- no question about that. Are you questioning that? Yeah. No, 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 no. You can't be an HVE. No and quest- what war is going on in Yemen? It's the war. There's no question about that. Shut up. It's the commander-in-chief, and there's been guidelines set, and if he follows those, I think he should be able to do it. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Did follow up with the question about can we drone people in our own country? No, she said, uh, great to have you here, Harry Reid. Thanks for coming. Uh, Please she, come she back again. Done one more round. Oh, well, but come on. She can only, she's, come on. She can only do so much. She's a big target. She knows that. She can't, she's, <laughs> it's not hard. They don't even need a scope for her. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't mean to bring in a fat joke. And as you know, I... I yes, I, and that was, that was a bad one. That too. was a bad one. But I love me she some Ruben Esplin. zip code. Oh, hey now. Oh, there's a million of these yeah. gags. No, but I love, uh, I love her as a Ruben woman. She's my type of gal. So anyway, so uh, don't be an HVE. And uh, because the present, it's okay. It's, uh, it, the process is in play. Whatever that means, the process is in play. And it's all cool. Good to go. Rock and roll. Shoot you. They deserve to die. These three deserve to die. Who else deserves to die? Hey, everybody. It's going to be a great show. Strap in like I just tried to do. So, uh, since you brought up the... uh, The killing. The the Afghanistan thing. I have a Hillary... uh, Hillary comes out and she makes a little comment and she's got a very interesting little turn of phrase in here. And... um, Actually, I have two Hillary clips. Let me see which one it is. We've got cold-blooded and UN vote. Cold, uh, and what's the other one? UN vote WTF. Yeah, yeah, cold-blooded. Cold-blooded, all right. Let's play Lucifer cold-blooded. Good afternoon. Yeah, this was uh, the uh, 
the presser after the UN thing, right? I saw this. Everyone. Hello. Before I begin, let me say that, like many Americans, I was shocked and saddened by the killings of innocent Afghan villagers this weekend. We send our condolences to families who have lost their loved ones and to the people of Afghanistan. This is not who we are, and the United States is committed to seeing that those responsible are held accountable. Two things. One, how do they get these condolences over there, over the television? I don't think so. Those responsible? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, the chatter on the interwebs in the circles that I travel in of the conspiratorial nature is that this is a Manchurian candidate type job. And by the way, I'm not talking about the Denzel Washington Manchurian candidate, but the original 1962 movie, which a uh, great movie that everyone should watch. Angela Lansbury uh, in that yeah, one. She's uh, great. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. One of the few times that Angela Lansbury plays an evil person. I think Kathy Bates was in that, too. A very young Kathy Bates. I can't be wrong. Mm, I can look it up. But <laughs> I, I, I was well. Sure. I was I was watching it. I'm like, is that Kathy Bates? Uh, Frank Sinatra in there as well. And uh, the, the premise of uh, of that right. movie is not dissimilar to what could be going on. Um, and regardless of whether this was planned or not, there is a means to an end. And uh, this has to do, uh, and this and the coincidence uh, of the timing is very very interesting. As uh, David Camerdog. Uh, the Prime Minister of Gitmo Nation East visited the President, and uh, there was a big, big hoo ha at the White House, and everyone's all—it's like it's like royalty. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is so awesome!" And we had the red carpet arrival. I was expecting Ryan Seacrest to be there interviewing people on the red carpet to the White House, and of course, all you really see on the news is a, a quick clip of David Camerface going. Uh, uh, I understand the alley-oops. <laughs> it's like, that's all the news can show you. Or, we played some table tennis, which the president calls ping pong. <laughs> but the important piece was this. David, you've done an outstanding job in bringing the international community to support progress in Somalia, including life-saving aid. At the same time, we're renewing our commitment to improve maternal health and preventable deaths of children and supporting the Global Fund for AIDS, TB, and malaria so that we can realize our goal, and that's the beginning of the end of AIDS. Pay attention now. And let me say that it's a tribute to David's leadership that the U.K. will be playing a leading role in the global partnership to strengthen the open government upon which... Whoa, 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 whoa. The open government, John. Yeah, I heard that. What does that mean? Well, the open government is part of the global uh, army which is what this is really all about. Continue to listen. Human rights and development depend. Finally, I'm very pleased that we're bringing our two militaries, the backbone of our alliance, mm-hmm. even closer. Uh-huh. As I told David, I can announce that next month we intend to start implementing our long-awaited defense trade treaty with the U.K. Now, the president signed a few days before Camera Face's arrival. He uh, signed uh, an executive memorandum Regarding the, hmm, I have to see what it's called exactly. It's a 2010 uh, arms treaty with the United Kingdom, which allows for exportation of certain arms. They're, they're specified quite uh, uh, specifically. 
uh, as to what kind of bombs and rockets, etc., including the uh, transport of these to Australia, which I found interesting because um, Australia is where we have a large contingent of our troops now. And Australia, uh, also in the news now, uh, apparently has SAS uh, special forces all over Africa. So I believe this is kind of uh, a setup to um, uh, moving guns and weapons, whether they're being used by uh, uh, allied forces or not, into the African region. But it's a, it's a little more interesting than that. This will put advanced technologies in the hands of our troops, and it will mean more jobs for workers in both our countries. Oh, jobs, And we're moving ahead with our joint initiative to care for our men and women in uniform. You know, for decades, uh, our troops have stood together uh, on the battlefield. Now we're working together for them when they come home with new partnerships to help our wounded warriors recover, Mm -hmm. assist our veterans transition back to civilian life, and to support our remarkable military families. So let's review here for a second. What we heard was uh, more sharing of weapons, uh, more coordination amongst our troops who stand shoulder to shoulder. I mean, they have like 5,000 British troops uh, in... in, uh, in the theaters that we're in, so it's quite a small percentage compared to what the United States has. But okay, it's a start. Uh, caring for the troops, caring for them when they come home. All of this is about something called Task Group 120. I'm sure, pretty sure you haven't heard of this yet. Uh, Task Group 120 is a NATO initiative, and I have all the documents here. Uh, I'll just uh, read a couple of paragraphs Uh, These missions, like other military operations, are undertaken by coalitions from diverse national cultures, but also involve NGOs and private voluntary organizations. Such a change in global context demands new understandings of interoperability or the ability of systems, units, or forces to provide services and accept services from other systems, units, and forces to use these services so exchanged to enable them to operate efficiently together. An emerging U.S. concept which describes the richer conceptual depth of the interoperability needed is cooperability. This term describes the shared understanding that cognitive and doctrinal interoperability can provide. In the U.K., this is termed interoperability of the mind. So what this is about is the creation of a truly global army, which of course will protect the global banking system, no doubt. And what they're throwing this on is very interesting uh, is, you know, hey, you know, uh, our guys need care. We need to, here it comes, John, unionize our global forces. So we have not just um, a complete harmonization of uh, uniforms (laughs) like blue helmets, uh, but also of rules and regulations. And this is a real problem. I was in... uh, in Iraq, in the Basra, and it was very difficult for the Dutch, who could drink no alcohol. The Americans had a two-can rule, as in two cans of beer a day, and the Italians, could, they were just hammered. They could walk around and drink as much wine as they wanted all day long. Um, so this is a, a harmonization taking place, which will focus on the poor troops who have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, but it will result in a very powerful force, which is something... You know, we've talked about, and that is the unionization in first in the first instance of the United States military. This is the plan. Okay, what do you think? 
Uh, well, the, I, the, I know this unionization thing is kind of an undercurrent that's been going on. Uh, not absolutely sure uh, how that would work. Well, it would uh, it would start with you know oh these guys are freaking out they need help we need to we need to help them you're hearing these these noises continuously, and the great thing about a union of course is the American military is several million strong, then they can collect union dues and become as powerful as you know the United Auto Workers and of course they'll continue to vote for whatever the agenda is. Is that not how it usually works? <sighs> And support the yeah. candidates uh, that that brought them well, the they, unions. They, they, over the years, the unions have been co-opted by the political system and, right. and are used as uh, mechanisms, but and also by the mob. Yeah, and used as mechanisms for uh, for essentially, I guess, virtual banks because the union the membership is a is a, is a pile of money in yeah. some funny way. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to uh, we're going to have to mull this one over before we. Uh, we I have a mouse in my pocket uh, before I uh, can uh, say anything intelligent. Right. Well, I'm uh, go away. Hold on. There's a lot of joint task force 120 stuff here. Oh, somebody's ringing so, your phone. Yeah. I, oh, I just reminds me. Let me. I don't answer them. I just cut them off. Oh. <laughs> Was someone ringing your phone too? No, but I decided to kick it off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only man I know who has a phone he can take off the hook. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. Hello, hello, <clears throat> click, 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 click. Operator. Well, the task group one twenty uh, is real, and you should read these documents. And I've highlighted well, it's some. Actually joint task force one twenty. No, it's not. No, it, no, it's not. Well, it then is, what's the difference between joint task? It's force? task group. Task group, not task force. Task group one twenty. And is this a NATO initiative? Yes. Or is this- yeah. Okay. Yeah, a NATO initiative. And uh, I got this document right oh, off of the NATO website. Oh, you got this from the website. Ulsterman report. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. From the uh, the Wall Street Insider. Absolutely. Not the White House Insider, the Wall Street Insider. Um, that's the probably the only link you'll find, but I went searching a little deeper. And uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of links you can see in the show notes at 3901.nashownotes.com. Um, fascinating. Fascinating stuff. You're reading the Ulsterman interview right now. I can hear your brain reading it. <laughs> Stop. My brain is too noisy. Stop that. <laughs> I think we should uh, we should keep our eye open and keep our uh, keep focused on this. And whenever we mention something like this on the show, uh, we uh, almost immediately get a lot of military personnel who will write in and and tell us uh, hey, different things about what's going on. Hmm? Just another. You're gonna get also get the full of crap, guys. You guys are full of crap. This is just a drinking club. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's a drinking club. Sure, could be. Speaking of drinking clubs, so we do have some uh, executive producers to thank. <laughs> exactly, that's what I was thinking. The producer drinking club. So we have two executive producers and two associates today. Uh, one of them came in. I uh, will go in some detail. Um, I thought we had a bigger piece of uh, copy on this. Anyway, uh, Sandy Stab or Stab, and I unfortunately don't have where he's from, but he uh, or she or she. I believe it's a he mm-hmm. because he wanted to be a baron. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would so, that so would be. the baron would be more likely to be a he. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to give us ten grand, but he kind of ran out of money, and he started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh? He gave up, <laughs> he like, gave up on the idea. What a good idea! Uh, I think I won't do that. <laughs> All right. 
So he uh, says he uh, he essentially had he's retired, but so he sent us a uh, a, a eighteen eighty four double eagle gold coin. Oh wow! That's a is that a a full troy ounce? Yeah. Oh wow! And so uh, and it's in good shape. It's I would say it was in very good condition. It does have a bite mark on it, but except for that, it's it looks pretty good is to it, me. Is it pneumostatically pneumostatically uh, packaged? No. Okay. It's a raw coin. Wow. And um, but that's, I, that's I, the gift that keeps on giving, right there, boy. Well, or not. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, this will be interesting because the value today would be about sixteen hundred and eighty-five dollars, I think. Uh, yeah, but as a coin, it's worth. I, I've credited him with two thousand dollars. Because as a as a collectible, it's a San Francisco mint, uh, eighteen eighty four, and it. Um, I'm. I don't think it works that way. I think it, 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 it's closer to like seven. It's sixteen, seventeen hundred bucks. I mean, you all of a sudden now, you, Mister Anti Gold, are saying it's worth two thousand. Is as a coin. I priced it. I went on the net and priced the oh. coin out. Oh, okay. So it's worth between the the raw the raw amount. Why don't we? Why don't we just keep of, it at the raw amount? I, I think okay, that's well, more we fair. We can change the spreadsheet and put it at sixteen sixty-seven. I think is what the raw. Well, here's the question. Is. Here's the question. If we would listen to you and your theory, we should sell this coin immediately and take the cash. If we listen, that would to, be my way of thinking anyway. And if you listen to my theory. We should keep the coin. Yeah, but it's such a pretty coin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Forget the prettiness of the coin. And by the way, I appreciate this type. Of, I really appreciate this type of gift because it's an annuity. It will continue to uh, increase in value over time. It'll be our little. We should sock this one away, John, and keep it for. for, for I was going to get a laser cutter and cut it right in half <laughs> so we could both have half. Of That's okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh I'm good with half. Anyways, <laughs> imagine it'll 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 work. You know, in like five years, in your your 2017 yeah. cycle concept, I'll be able to buy a house with that with my half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, Nick, well, did anyways, you close so the door for he, me, gets a, he gets his knighthood and uh, um and, and keeps us highly entertained. Although you know, it's it will be we'll we'll keep an eye on the coin and we'll uh, we're, we'll so we agree we're keeping the coin. Yeah, we're keeping the coin. It's $20. Essentially, the actual donation technically, it's according $20. to one of our donors, is that it's $20. So we, so we only have to pay taxes over $20. It, well, Hello, this is, this is, this if is you a, want to go play games with the IRS with stuff, ideas like that, be, you're welcome to it. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's... Is the, the, the IRS like... Hmm, how come Curry made less than Dvorak? We know these guys split it. How can that be? There's a discrepancy here of $800. What is going on? I think, uh, you know, I think it should be, we should mark it down as, as 20 bucks for the IRS. That doesn't work? No. <laughs> you pussy. Now, another, we got another donor. Unfortunately, I don't have his note. I'll have to read it on Sunday. Who sent us two, and it's not on here, but it's two ounces of silver uh, and the beautiful silver coins that oh. they're not numismatically uh, so, fashioned. Yes. They're so that's fair. like uh, those. But they're are, beauties. They're these beautiful, I think they're a dollar, a dollar or somewhere, 20, 20 bucks. I don't know what they are. I, they're I they're, an, on, they're an ounce each, I guess. Yeah, they're an ounce yeah. each. They're, these are minted, I think these are American coins. Yeah. And, and I think that they're worth, I guess, 80 bucks, the, the two of them. 
Yeah, uh, but anyway, so 70. that's we, we want to thank Sandy for being uh, uh, so generous with the that's coin. That's very, very kind. And I, in 1884 is a, a good night. It's slightly rare. If anybody out there has any of these double eagles they want to send in, that's fine with us. Yeah. But if you have any that say Carson City on them, we're, we'll be really happy to see why is, those. Why is Carson City? Is that a, a really that's, rare they're, one? They're worth about 500 bucks. On top of whatever the goal oh, is. Oh, really? Minimum. Oh, really? Yeah, some of the Carson City coins are worth like four grand. Wow. W- where's Carson City? Carson City is the capital of Nevada. Mm. And uh, it's right near Reno. It's oh, a of course, short drive yeah. from Reno. Should have known, yeah. And a uh, cute little place. And they had a mint there for a long time. Mm. It, 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 San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Carson City were the big three uh, mints that, that made gold coins. Denver came along. I, I don't know if they would go if they made any gold coins or not, but they, I think they're later. Oh. And um, anyway, so that's your kind of your lecture on mm. coinage. All right, yeah. And, so anyway, so there are, and our second executive producer is the No Agenda Nation. Well, wait a minute. How does that work? Well, he gave us five hundred bucks. Okay. All right. So it would be an executive producer. Okay. Uh, but we can't normally, we can't knight uh, instances. We can't knight companies or or things. We've done it. Yeah, but we didn't like it in hindsight, if you recall. Yeah. We, we decided never to do it again. Well, whatever the case is, we're not knighting uh, Eric today. Oh, okay. It's not on there as a knight. We'll knight him eventually. I mean, uh, he probably should have been a knight for all the work he's done. But we, I was thinking of giving him a uh, one of Pelsmacher's knighthoods oh, because I think that's kind of okay. cool. There you go. Anyway, uh, his uh, note writes in, uh, coins are in production, arriving in 15 days. Uh, coupon code for free shipping is Mayan free or free Mayan. Uh, and uh, he also plugs his shirt, new shirts. Yeah, so that's uh, Mayancoin.com. Mayancoin, I guess we should Mayancoin.com. say. Mayancoin.com. Uh, I would, uh, I'm trying to get, I got to get him to send Joe Engo one of our shirts because he wear actually wears these things because um, these shirts are weird. I mean, they're very funny. Uh, two executive associate executive producers, Stacy Walter and Tim Saunder, Stacy Walter in Lenexa, Kansas, two hundred dollars. Our dad, Alex Walter, has been listening for a while now and even got us hooked on you. Please wish our dad a happy fortieth and give him some karma. That's right. Karma. He's uh, he's on the list. You've got karma. And uh, Tim Saunders in West Hobart, Tasmania, somehow got us $200 from Tasmania for all those people out there who uh, can't seem to get PayPal to work. Please de-douche me as I've been a long-time listener, but it wasn't until this Coney 2012 crap hit the (laughs) interwebs that I realized I'd become a no-agenda citizen. (coughs) My immediate reaction was to say, something stinks and it ain't Curry's cooking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. It's harsh. Yeah. Please accept my donation. I'd like to request a Huntsman Karma for his colleague, Kevin, holding down the fort whilst I'm on long service leave. He needs it as the drones are circling. So he needs a de-douching for himself and then a Huntsman Karma. All right. We'll rock that out right now. Douchebag. Oops. That was my no. mistake. No, no, no. That was my mistake. That was for me. I douchebagged myself. You've been de-douched. You've shot karma. Sorry. Uh, Need a little and grease. those will be our producers for show uh, number That's three. It? Yeah. Mm. Three, nine, one. Three, nine, uh, one. 
I uh, believe it's 391. These credits, of course, uh, will appear in the uh, actual credits portion of the show notes at 391.nashownotes.com. Uh, actual credits, uh, real ones, just like Hollywood, except unlike those phonies, if you need someone to vouch for you, if you have some kind of uh, uh, interview or some form of a question about your credibility, then uh, the famous John C. Dvorak and uh, the infamous Adam Curry will be happy to do that and speak to anyone you wish, just to make sure they understand that you are an actual executive or associate executive producer. Absolutely. And please keep thinking of us. We'll take anything. Gold coins, silver coins, or paper. Dvorak.org slash N-A. A couple of uh, PR mentions of... Uh, some fun domain names that are forwarding to noagendashow.com. I really like this one. Thatcrappypodcast.com. I guess that came up in the conversation. <laughs> no, we should forward, forward that to somebody else. I, no, I like it. It's, it's, hey, man, what, what's that podcast? What's that podcast you listen to? Yeah, thatcrappypodcast.com. People will remember that one. Uh, very nice to see droneconey.com available and now pointing to uh, noagendashow.com. Beautiful. Love that one. Uh, a whole bunch of October domains, which could come in handy. Octoberwar.com, Octoberconflict.com, Octoberfight.com. Uh, thank you, uh, Tristan. All of those pointing to our noagendashow.com website. And then finally, uh, a good one, wenchesandbeer.com. All the things. Oh, yeah, wenches and beer. <laughs> now, we have all these domains listed somewhere? Yes, domains.nashownotes.com. Okay. Yeah, our, and do we do? Does anybody maintain? Yes, the list of- yes. Our buddy Simon takes care of all that. He does it uh, continuously. Unfortunately, so this, this, how big is the list now? How many oh, domains do we have? It's uh, must be near. It's over nine hundred, so it's near a thousand. Unfortunately, some of these are expiring, including and I'd like I was going to mention this later. Noagendabookclub.com, which you can't register yet because it's you know marked as pending for deletion. So if you are the owner of, of a noagendabookclub.com, uh, either renew it or get in touch with me. I, I, I'd like to keep that one going. And in particular, I'd like the, the website that it used to be attached to because I, I, you know, I have a way that I can easily maintain that. And I think it's good. You know, it's part of the service. So it's kind of unfortunate that we, uh, that yeah, we, we need lost to, that That one. needs to go back up. And it could actually go up as a wiki if we didn't want to do it. No, no, we're not going to do a wiki. You and your you're you're a wiki bigot. I am a wiki bigot. I don't like the wiki. I love the wiki. Yeah, well, wiki this. Not but if you want to go by do it by hand, go ahead. Yeah, because I have a system that's real easy. I could do that in ten minutes. I can have it up and running, and I can maintain it very simply. Uh, that's all part of what uh, what we do as a part of the service. So if you have noagendabookclub.com, let us know. Uh, if you don't have any of that, there is still one thing you can do because the more people we get, the more support for the show. Propagate the formula, please. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, everybody. Shut up, slave. I just wanted to read one thing, uh, just to throw back to uh, or call back to Obama and Cameron. Um, they wrote an op-ed. Did you read their op-ed that they wrote? No. I thought it was really kind of harsh. Uh, just uh, one paragraph. Is too, uh, this is, I can just see them sitting down. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron, let's write an article. 
Well, Barack, I think it's a grand idea to write an article. These two guys sat down and wrote this. As two Seems nations, unlikely. Yeah, as two nations that support the human rights and dignity of all people by you killing them. So they can be droned. By killing them. We continue to stand with those brave citizens across the Middle East and North Africa who are demanding their universal rights. It's not even human rights now, it's universal rights. Having joined in the mission to protect the Libyan people last year and kill them, we support Libyan efforts to build democratic institutions and hold free and fair elections this year. We condemn the Syrian regime's horrific violence against innocent civilians, and we are focused on the urgent humanitarian task of getting food and medicine to those in need. And here it comes. With our international partners, we'll continue to tighten the noose around Bashar al-Assad and his cohorts. They let that one go in? What? They let that go tighten yes. the noose. We'll continue to tighten the noose. That is nasty language. That's that not was th- written by a PR person that has no sense of propriety. Well, that's not that's not political language. That's like I mean, noose is a not thing. Not that, that, but noose is an impl- it implies you know lynching. That's what I mean. And, it, and we it's have like a killing. black president who is supposed, you know, is supposed to be hypersensitive. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, but it's and, it's and not. And okay. They just let that slide. Mm-hmm. We're going to tighten the noose. You see, no one reads these things, and if they read it, they're like, "Huh, oh, whatever." Yeah, I'm sure that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's, yeah, no one reads these. Oh, they wrote an op-ed. Oh, great, whatever. I actually read these. It's what I do for this show. I read all this crap. Tighten the noose. That's horrible. It's just not okay. It's just not okay. The Office of Political Correctness is going to get a nasty note. <laughs> so I was watching um, my favorite spokeshole, Miss Newland from the State Department. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's two clips that I, I'm just dying to play for you. Blam. So, uh, for, so someone lays in about Libya arming the Syrian rebels, and she gets so flustered. She says something so unbelievable, and no one even calls her on it. Um, so the, the first, the first part. There's a smart guy. I don't know this guy's name, but he, he, you know, these are all very good journalists who sit in these State Department briefings, and he's basically saying, uh, "Wait a minute." He, he he calls her out on a lie, saying, "You know, that's not what the Libyans said. Here's what they said," and she gets all flustered and then lays a big fat egg. Army has confirmed today that they received arms from uh, Libya. What's your view on this? Well, I think you heard the Prime Minister of Libya when he was here uh, deny those assertions that the government was supporting this kind of actions. So, okay, so just because it's a little hard to hear in the audio. What did she say? She said, I think you heard the Prime Minister of Libya when he was here deny that the Libyan government is involved in these actions. The question was, are the Libyans arming the Syrian rebels? You with me? I can't speak for uh, what the FSA may believe it has, but with regard to the Libyan government's support, uh, what they have told us is that they are supporting uh, humanitarian relief. They are supporting uh, the coordination and strengthening of a transition planning uh, 
team and set of ideas among the opposition. Uh, but uh, I can't improve on what the prime minister. I can't improve on what the prime minister. I love this language. I, that's not the, the big one, though. This, this one works for the State Department, right? Yes, yes. You know, if I've noticed this. I've been trying. I've been kind of tracking the personalities of people that these different uh, uh, members of the you know administration hire. Yeah. And the State Department, generally speaking, at least in the direct reports to Hillary, are all these dipshit women. Not all, but this one is, yeah. Complete idiots. Yeah. Well, she's because I don't think Hillary wants a smart woman in the room. Well, they need a smart one because they need to step it up. And I, I even predict she'll be on the outs after hear this egg that she laid. But she's very interesting. She says, I can't improve on what he's saying. Instead of I can't comment. I mean, just the whole word improve just bugged me a little bit. But that's so here comes this journalist. Yeah, no, what, you, what it bugs you is because it implies that that this thing is scripted. Yes, correct. And that we're writing the script for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't improve. Look, he did a bad read. What can I tell you? I mean, you know, I, can I help it that he can't read the prompter? We had the words in there. Said when he was standing next to the secretary last well, week. What the prime minister denied actually was not that they were uh, supplying weapons, but was that they were training camps, that they were running training camps for them. Okay, so here's the smart journalist. He said, hold on a second. He didn't actually say that. He said, uh, we're not running training camps. He said nothing about not supplying weapons. Resist, yeah. Resistance fighters. Yeah. So did, did, did have the Libyans actually told you that they're not supplying um, weapons. He, that that wasn't a. The there was prime no, minister didn't address the weapons yeah. at all. We didn't have any indication of that in our bilateral meetings. <laughs> did they deny the bilateral meeting? It didn't. The conversation didn't go like that. And, and now the pile jumping on it. No, that's not how it went. Okay, that's you weren't there. The conversation went about the importance of uh, supporting the friends of the Syrian people. Three pillars. So, so you haven't. Just so it's clear. So you haven't had a direct denial even in the private conversations okay here it comes of the libyan government there was no indication in the meetings that we had that the syrian uh government is arming the syrian rebels what what did you just say miss newland did you hear it yeah, but I think that was just she was just flustered and she just said Syria instead of Libya. Oh, okay. No, really. I mean, I'm going to give her that one. I mean, you can jump on it, but I I sense a just a flub, not a uh, you cuz people do that. I mean, you we do it on the show every so often. Uh and I I not Yeah, but I don't work that. for the State Department and speak to the international press. No, well, she's obviously she's you, you're right, but but you mentioned this at the beginning. She was flustered, flustered. by the first yeah. question, and now she's getting all flubbed, flubbed right. up. Well, so no one calls her on it, of course. In other, in other words, the question never came up, so there was nothing for them to deny. Uh, I'm not going to get right. into how the conversation was structured. I'm simply affirming for you that there was no <laughs> sense that the government is arming the rebels. So this guy, I like him, by the way. I got to find out who this guy is. He then goes into this whole techno expert thing. He tries to get her to say, yes, we we uh, gave all this technology to um, the techno experts in all of the Middle East and we trained them so that they could start the so-called Arab Spring. Would, are you interested in that piece? Yeah, keep playing. I like the, this um, stuff. On the support dating back 
I, I think it's almost two years now. There was support for when Ambassador Ford was still there, and he would go out to meet with the local coordinating committees. Um, the DRL was running programs that, no. I don't know what the DRL is. Do you know what the DRL is? I couldn't figure out what that was. You don't know I'll either. Look, I'll try to find okay. it. Well, there's you. another acronym that I did find. Not Syria-specific, but, but Middle East, in, in generally around the Middle East, in which there was some kind of tech support that was... Um, <laughs> tech, we were fixing their uh, Windows 97, uh, some tech support <laughs> that they needed there. Did you provide any like uh, networking support? That was offered to, um, uh, to various opposition groups, people who were in, in, um, involved politically. Get it out, man. In not just Syria, but other countries. And I'm wondering, did, did, is, that, is there a rundown of what kind of, um, what kind of support was offered in terms of uh, uh, communications, technology? You know, there, was, there were, there were um, seminars held in places like Beirut, uh, public <laughs> that were known, known about publicly at which you know, know how how to get around certain internet blocking internet technology. in a box. Yeah, I got the DRL for you. By the What's way, what's DRL? DLR DRL report would refer to a report out of the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor out of the State Department. Oh, okay. So he's basically saying it was public that you trained these people to do this. Yeah, yeah like they a, bragged about it. Yeah, you got a little rundown for me. You got a little list of uh, what you sent over there and, uh, and who you trained. I mean, can we? And, and, and this guy's trouble. You know, clearly this guy's trouble, and she, and he's going to hound her for a minute here. Geez, uh, were discussed. Is there is there a way we can um, find out exactly what it was that was provided to these people? Uh, well, as you know, we have uh, MEPI. MEPI, that is the Middle East Partnership Initiative. Link in the show notes. Um, the mission of the MEPI. As the website states, ultimately, MEPI seeks to transform the U.S. relationship with citizens of the Middle East and North Africa through MEPI projects. We want citizens to view the United States as a partner in their efforts to create positive change in their own societies. This is the techno-expert organization. Let's see if she can answer the question. Programs across the region that are designed to help civil society uh, to communicate its views, to strengthen its capabilities, to be an advocate for democratic change, etc. I can take the question in terms of whether we have a rundown on those things, but... Uh, in general, we've also been very clear that whether it is in Iran or whether it is in uh, other parts of the world, that uh, <laughs> we support those uh, folks experts. who want folks, to learn. Those folks, John, those folks, are those the same, same kind of folks who kill people in the administration? Is, it, is that those folks or these no, different folks? folks? folks. folks. Learn how to circumvent uh, government censoring of the Internet and other things like that. So, But whether we're going to give a rundown of those programs, I'm not sure. I'll take the question. What about um, that type of technology to help the Syrians opposition communicate better themselves because one of the things that you've said is that um, they're not <laughs> able to communicate inside or within themselves or to, or to the outside world because of the crackdown by the regime. Again, I think we've made clear that whether it's in Syria or other parts of, of the Middle East, we are committed to helping groups who want a democratic future uh, to be able to strengthen the way they're organized, help them to uh, to circumvent uh, government efforts to... That's an act of war in my book. 
She going in like helping people circumvent governments. That's just an act of war. It's like covert operations. You can't be doing that. And she's just not answering the and question. Bragging about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could Blanc- do it. Yeah. But she's like, oh yeah, we do. It's only, but it's only those folks who want democratic change. You see, then Which it's all everyone. good. Yeah, then it's good. Uh, Twenty seconds left. Internet and other kinds of things. Uh, you can understand that. Uh, in some cases, it's not in their interest or in anybody's interest for us to be talking about how we precisely. De- Did you hear that talking about? And be talking about. She slipped there. I'm talking about uh, do these kinds of things, but we are obviously um, committed across the region to helping those who want a democratic future oh. uh, deal with the kinds of government controls that are designed to squelch their activities. Hey, I want a democratic future. Can I get a router? Can you send me an internet in a box or something? Yeah, this is just a hard disk. But it's terabyte drive. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Meppy. Yeah, but so th- I, I got to give this guy props for trying, whoever he is. Yeah, well, it's too bad we don't know because well, he's probably got a good columns and, and articles. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll find out. Meanwhile, uh, Syria Danny, Danny Abdul Dayem. Yeah. Uh, this was the guy who uh, Anderson Pooper exclusively was talking to. And, you know, of course, off camera, the guy was like calling for noise and shoot it up, boys, so we can uh, make it sound real good, like warlike, like those Curry and Dvorak guys do it, you know. Only better sound effects. Make it real. Use a real gun. He's on a speaking. He's on a, a real gun. He's on a speaking tour now. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, he's on a speaking tour. He's going around the country talking about how we need a Western military inter- intervention. Who's paying for his speaking tour? Wasn't this just some sh- schlub in Syria who was uh, not a reporter and unaffiliated? You know, he shows up at the uh, where was he? Uh, um, you see the uh, Islamic centers in Boston, uh, the Boston Cultural Center. He's flying all over the place. And he's doing little uh, little gigs. He's doing a road show. He's doing a road show. <laughs> and no one questions this. No. It's like, what? And he probably packs them in. I, I bet it's great. We should do a mic check on that guy. Yeah. Hey, Danny, <laughs> mic check, mic check. Sheila Rooney. Yeah, no, the guy's working for someone. Just some agency. Yeah. I, I, you you can never find out, but I would say defense intelligence. Yeah, probably. So, uh, (laughs) what was that about? (laughs) I don't know. So, I'm looking at today's New York Times, and they're they're, they're interesting. They're going after Goldman Sachs. I think I read this differently, but what's your take on it? But the public rebuke of culture, Goldman opens debate. Yeah, so this is the uh, this is the the Goldman uh, vice president, which is nothing basically. Everyone's a VP over there. I think it's to draw attention to the gr- one of the greatest Twitter feeds, <laughs> the Goldman Sachs elevator. It's Goldman Sachs elevator gossip. I have it up right now. Let me read a couple. No, it's uh, read one or two, and then I'll tell you what this is really about. Classic number one: Some chick asked me what I would do with ten million bucks. I told her I'd wonder where the rest of my money went. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. No, this is clearly a promotion for the Muppets movie. <laughs> he says right there, he says, we, we call our clients Muppets. It's a Muppets uh, movie promotion. Got the Muppets movie yet. If anything, if anything, this is, I like the idea of that theory. I mean, I don't think that's, well, you know. Well, you never be, know. You never know. Just you don't give it the top of the fold on the front page a movie plug, but. Well, but know. the whole point that, um, you know, so people knew about this. This was, uh, this came out yesterday, uh, this op-ed. 
and uh, lots of people knew about it uh, before it was published. And I bet a whole people went short on Goldman Sachs and made a killing. They dropped like three, four percent. Great. I bet people made a, a bungle on that. That's insider yeah, trading. You had enough money, you would have. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I, I think it's a distraction of the week, personally. It could be. Yeah, I, I, One I more elevator gossip. All right, one more. Number one, you know TV reporters are full of shit when they transition from NBA to WNBA highlights without losing enthusiasm. Just a little joke there for the sports listeners. Wow, the show. I, that you, I know you went don't over that. my head, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which tells you something. Yeah. So there's a, uh, the Santorum thing is also heating up a little bit in the paper. I've lost so much interest in that, in the, in that reality show. Yeah, well, it's, pre- it's gotten pretty boring. And then, of course, they had on the Bill Maher show. And I couldn't really get a clip of this because mm-hmm. it was nothing to clip. But they had Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Oh, is yeah, a yeah. Filmmaker. She, yeah, she, well, or whatever she is. She's a documentarian. And she does these very, very, very Democrat centric. So yeah. she went to Mississippi to interview the folks. <laughs> and all she found in Mississippi, apparently, were Pete toothless guys who were just <laughs> racist, toothless guys talking, talking a lot like this. And you can barely understand a word they say. Oh, but this is, they uh, don't this like is the Bill, Obama. This is the elitist uh, prick Bill Maher trying to show how, how yeah. stupid Americans are. Okay. And funny thing is, is that at first he had it's so bad that he has to preface it with a disclaimer saying, you know, she went there and no, not. She said every. She said the the twenty things that were on the cutting room floor were these same type of people. That's all she could find were these dummies, because the, apparently the state in Mississippi, which is known for you know having mansions and an upper class, it's kind of very class. They couldn't find any of those people because everybody in Mississippi is a dummy, and a, and a hoarder, <laughs> and living in a <laughs> trash heap, and a prepper, and with a, it's just unbelievable. So, you, so no uh, clip that you would just. It, no, because there was nothing really to clip. No, it's I mean, propaganda. You these, I can I can talk like the clip would go. Listen, man, no one watches that show. I don't. I don't. I never see it in the ratings. No one gives a crap about Bill Maher. He's a douchebag and a shill, and he's pathetic. Well, I and there goes my shot on being on the panel. Damn. Sure, we wouldn't be able to be on the panel. I think they 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 test you to make sure you can do phony laughing. Right. Because when Mar comes at the end with his with his new rules and the rest of it, he's not. Most of the stuff is not out loud laugh laugh funny. It's just no, not. And no none of and it. And these is. other guys, these guys are there at the panel. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. They're just yucking it up. It's, yeah. it's not. You can't. You couldn't do the panel because you wouldn't qualify. So. uh it looks like we're really out to screw the Chiners, John. We're screwing them left and right. We are kicking the Chiners out of everywhere we can. And which, sorry, which brings me to a clip. Oh, uh, good! I have a couple clips myself. I'd love to hear your clip first. Do you have the George Clooney material? I have all the Clooney material. You got it from PBS from the yeah, News Hour. I got it from PBS. I got it from Hardball. Before we go to that, then, because this leads into that, let's first listen to what our president had to say about the rare earth materials. This is very important because I looked this up and uh, he's not being completely genuine with us. Surprise, surprise. And when it makes sense to act on our own, we will. I just signed a bill to help American companies that are facing unfair foreign competition. 
These companies employ tens of thousands of Americans in nearly 40 states. Because of subsidies from foreign governments, some of their foreign competitors are selling products at an artificially low price. That needs to stop. Needs to stop. This morning, we're taking an additional step forward. We're bringing a new trade case against China. China. And we're being joined by Japan and some of our European allies. This case involves something called rare earth materials, uh-huh. which are used by American manufacturers to make high-tech products like advanced batteries that power everything from hybrid cars to cell phones. Uh-huh. We want our companies building those products right here in America. But to do that, American manufacturers need to have access to rare earth materials, which China supplies. Uh-huh. Now, if China would simply let the market work on its own, we'd have no objections. Uh-huh. But Their policies currently are preventing that from happening. And they go against the very rules that China agreed to follow. So I look into this. I go to the World Trade Organization, WTO, and uh, the Chiners are indeed a member. And uh, I look for the uh, dispute resolution documents. Not available yet. Of course not. I mean, we would just we, I filed suit, but it's not available. You can't see it yet. The thing that I find, though, is that in 2009... China announced globally they were going to reduce their rare earth exports by 30% between 2011 and 2013. This was known. Everybody knew this. We've known it for years. And now all of a sudden, it's a, now they're not playing fair? This is bullcrap. Because there was a lot of discussion about, oh, we should uh, start mining rare earth. There's one company, I think, in the United States that does rare earth mining. And it's a kind of a messy, dirty process, which is why we'd rather leave it to the Chiners. But this is this is just a PR move. This is not a surprise. This is complete bullcrap. And um, and the president is standing there like, oh, these guys aren't playing fair. We so bullcrap. So that's one where we're just making the Chiners look bad. Um, then we move over to we're going to get to Clooney in a minute. I have a new name for him, by the way. Then we go over to Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie goes to The Hague. And, of course, I am uniquely qualified to find all kinds of stories about her being in Gitmo Nation lowlands because I speak the language. And she is there for the uh, conviction of the horrible, horrible warlord. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Thomas Lubanga. Thomas Lubanga, horrible guy, maimed children, another Coney thing here. And she just happens to have time to go hurry on over to The Hague to go check it out. Now, I'd like to play for you two different clips. The first one is when she's speaking to CNN, and she has a very hard time actually communicating English words. And I believe this is because she's thinking, oh, this is CNN. This is global. This is the real deal. I got to stick to the script. I got to keep it all right. I got I to gotta make sure I don't mess it up. The most important thing, this, this is a very young court. It's a very new court. Um, these, uh, this, this particular... This is a very young court? No, it's not a young court. It's been around for quite a while, Miss Jolie. case was about the description of child soldiers. And so many witnesses, over 60 people came in, young people came in and spoke about what happened to them. And... and because they were unable to um, have a court proceedings in their country, they they asked for it to happen here. And so they asked for this, the victims asked for this, the country asked for this. And, um, 
and this this is their day where where um, these children will feel that that there was no impunity for what. Happened. So not only is it bad audio, but she can't get a word one sentence out completely. She's she's like, uh, well, luckily she's an actor. So by the time she leaves the Dutch media. Uh, some of which actually uh, would be calling to her from the back of the pack and say, Angela, Angela, which is just hilarious. Stupid idiot press in the Netherlands. Her name is Angelina, not Angela. Douchebags. <laughs> they finally catch up with her, and now she has the script put together. But, of course, it's some Dutch organization, and it gives a crap about them. A little lead-in from the Dutch guys. This time, no red lopers or flitsende cameras, but a serious thing. She lived the process by the Congolese Krijgsheer Thomas Lubanga. He sat right for the ronselen of kindsoldaten in Congo. And the idea of taking children as young as eight and forcing them to hold weapons and, and, and using them as sex slaves and using them as uh, combatants and human shields is just... It's, it's, uh, I, I was speaking with many of the men here today who were in fact child soldiers and they say it's hard for them to even imagine that they're still asking the international community to enforce this ban. That it just seems... It seems like something we shouldn't be asking for. It seems so obvious that it is it is so inhumane, it is so unfair, it is disgusting, and we must do something to try to just make sure internationally we take care of this and take care of the children. Save so. the children. That's that. Thank you. That's all you were supposed to say. You can take your check and go home now, you horrible MK Ultra slave shill you. Save the children. That's what it's all about. Save the children. Now, I looked into the Congo. There's a different parts to it, the Democratic Republic of Congo, etc. And I found a report from 2007, uh, and this is um, regarding uh, some interesting activity that took place in Brazzaville. Brazzaville, the Congo, which is a port town. Uh, let's listen to our national uh, public treasure tell us what's going on there. Just outside Congo's capital, Brazzaville, alongside a dusty road and down the street from an open-air market, a sleek new building has gone up. The front is all glass panels and concrete pillars. It's the new headquarters of Brazzaville's radio and television network. Congo's Minister of Information, Alain Akwala, will have his office here. It's finished now. Uh, We're just waiting for the equipment coming from France. The radio and TV headquarters was actually built by a Chinese company. Oh, really? The Chinese are also building the new foreign ministry here, oh. plus a massive hydroelectric dam about 130 miles north of Brazzaville. Oh, really? Minister Akwala says China makes Congo good offers. Uh, Chinese, their prices are low to compare with uh, French companies, etc. Actually, it's not just the low prices. China also provides cut-rate financing for its construction projects. So the Chinas have been in there, and in 2008, in fact, they signed the Congo-China Agreement, multi-billion dollar agreement for, ah, gee, John, what could it be for? The Chinese did what? They signed the Congo-China Agreement. Well, be for obviously for oils and oil, mineral for oil uh, mainly oils oils <laughs> just just for oils in general and uh, what you didn't hear on the news is that uh, this horrible guy so we've all been focusing on this horrible horrible guy who's been uh, dragged before the international criminal court and Angelina Jolie went over there and saved the children. But what took place in Brazzaville two, five days ago? Arrived in Brazzaville on Tuesday. These French doctors, including emergency medical technicians and surgeons, have come to help Congolese teams, overwhelmed by the number of wounded. 
Did you hear about uh, a huge explosion in Brazzaville by any chance, John, on the news? Anywhere? Yeah, actually, that well, did show up on the radar. Really? Because I could only find it on France 24. Um, uh, no, I've heard. I think I don't know where I got it, but I, I knew about it. Oh, well, you're aware, obviously. Well, so there was a huge explosion. Uh, and, and guess uh, who got killed in the explosion? Some Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of Chiners. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happened when we went, uh, when we started the Libya thing. We rousted the Chinese and yeah. I think closed their refinery, blew it up. Yeah, get rid of them. So yeah. with Coney 2012 now pretty much uh, over, I mean, they've got to focus attention away. They've closed down the comments on the YouTube uh, video page. You know, this thing got overhyped. It, it went way too fast. It just exploded. They were really happy. And, of course, then who do you have to bring in but George Cloney? You like my new name for him? What was I? I thought I heard you say George. George who? George Cloney. Cloney. <laughs> Instead, uh, uh, come on, Cloney. Yeah, Cloney's good. okay. Yeah, no, yeah Cloney. Come on, Cloney. Sounds good. like a mispronunciation. Well, I mean, doesn't he actually? Okay, go on. So Cloney comes out with the Prendergast. Uh, always, always, yes. I and, was watching. I'm so I'm watching PBS. I'm watching the News Hour, and there's Cloney. Cloney, I can't do it. Uh, coming on to yak about the Chinese investments in the in the uh, in the oil, or actually they're, they're taking the oil out of northern Sudan's refineries, and they've invested twenty billion dollars in apparently oil. In <laughs> well, no, Sudan. What, no, no. What happened? I think you. No, have, wait, let me finish. You have the wrong way and around. So he's yakking away, and I'm saying, "Well, this is interesting because I had a big close up of his head because mm-hmm. I turned it on it because I missed the very beginning." So this is interesting. This is the first time I've ever seen Clooney by himself. And then, boom, boom they pull out. And the idiot is sitting right next to him. I know. I know. Well, no, but what they did is they had a, he made a video. He made his own film, which no one cares about. It's so horribly produced. And I clipped like 30 seconds of, uh, of audio from it. It's hilarious. So here's Clooney walking around uh, the, um, what are they called? The mountains there. The Nubar, I think it's the Nubar Mountains. Don't know. Uh, I'll get it in a second. The Nuba, the Nuba Mountains, which is important. And here's what he and, and here's what he's saying. The knob is coming in, so we're gonna go Let's to the caves. Up. Okay, we're moving. <laughs> we're going. Okay, so there's like incoming fire. Yeah, we're moving. We're moving away. It's George Clooney. He's, he's under attack from incoming fire. Where is it? Do you see it? Yeah, that one was a rocket. It's just sailed over there. Let's see if we can see what it hit. You see all the kids here? Look over here. Take a look over here. This is everybody's head. Oh, look, everyone's, everyone's running away. I'm George Clooney. I'm not afraid of the Antonovs. Hey, over here to hide. Yesterday, 10.30, right? 10.30 in the morning. 15 bombs hit this tiny village where everyone is hiding in the rocks. And this is an unexploded bomb. It's buried up to its neck. He's standing next to an unexploded bomb. He's literally standing next to it. And the guy rakes like a brush over it. And Clooney's standing two feet away from the unexploded bomb. Yeah, right. Right. I love the music. Do, 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 do. That's what you do. Unexploded bombs. That's what you do with an unexploded bomb. So he's George Cloney. He's the hero. Now I, I'm happy to listen. We probably pulled the same uh, the same clips, but I think. Do you have the the oil clip where he starts talking about the oil? Because I think that's where he he messed it up. I think he made a mistake. 
You think so? Yeah, I think he did. Play, play. You have probably the longer version of the clip. Play the thing and show me where that is. Because I didn't notice a screw up. Well, so uh, I'm not sure what I have. Here's clip number one that I have. It's an interesting thing. People, um, sometimes you'll see in recent news articles, you'll hear about the Nuba Mountains and you'll see all these people. Now, you'll hear about the Nuba Mountains. The Nuba Mountains quite important, by the way. In these caves, and uh, some people sort of assume this is the cave people of Nuba. Uh, They're not. They live in villages. They are the oldest society on Earth, if you read the Bible. Is that true? Are they that the, I know of. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the oldest society was the Sumerians. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's the Greek. Uh, it's like the, everywhere in the news, it's the oldest society ever. So apparently, if you believe and you read in the Bible, they Yeah, you know, the, you know what, uh, by the way, just as a, this is a little, off, a little off, but I've noticed this, this other phenomenon. And I've run into this over and around the world. You run into it. There's a little area that's like a, a natural rainforest. Mm-hmm. And, they, and the guides... and locals will say this has the most rain per year of any place in the world yeah have you ever been to san francisco douchebag <laughs> but i have i ran into this and they have they say it about the whole forest up in washington state they say it about the uh, the the rainforest on one of the islands Kauai. i think yeah they say it all over the place you run into this comment yeah. and it's like really well how come there's so many of these yeah. number ones he's he's just pontificating and let me just say the nuba mountains is a uh a, the reason for the conflict is that is where the pipeline runs okay this is why people are blowing it up. They're trying to blow up the pipeline. They're not. They don't care about some some people running around who hide in the caves. They don't give a Play crap the about that. Jingle. Oh shoot! Where is it? Where <laughs> you is brought it? Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's called. I don't know what it's called. Oh. I know. I suck. Uh, here it is. I got. I'm sorry. I should have that one stand by. I hadn't expected it. Here we go. A long way to go for follow the pipes. So Clooney's going to talk about this horrible, horrible uh, events for these people. Uh, They've been living there a long time, and they're hiding in those caves because every single day, ant-knobs are coming by and dropping bombs on them. And if they're not killing them, they're hurting them. (laughs) John Prendergast, uh, you hold the government of of Sudan, President Bashir, responsible. Any doubt in your mind that they're behind this? Well, it's a, a pattern. It's the way they fight wars. Don't answer the question, please. Um, we've seen a war between the government in Sudan and the south, the southern part of Sudan, the southern third of Sudan, which went on for 20 years. All right, he's boring. So then, uh, then he's Cl- totally boring. Yeah. He's just there to keep an eye on Clooney. Well, so we, and he's such an evil-looking guy. What's funny is, so they did this with a satellite interview, right? Uh, on this set, and then Hardball, Chris, Chris Matthews, did the interview right after this. So first, here's Clooney, I think, messing it up. He shouldn't have gone there, and then he tries to retract that on Hardball. So here he is on PBS. And then the other the people around him who are behind this. Well, in the first instance, we'd like to see him held accountable for the crimes against humanity that he's, been, that he's committed, and so we'd love to see at some point, someone uh, execute the arrest warrant that the International Criminal Court has issued. Oh, there's that, there's that thing again. Yeah, let's take him to court. Let's uh, do a big show again. Let's uh, put on the theater performance. For him. If that doesn't work, though, uh, in the immediate uh, term, to save lives now, a diplomatic uh, process that leads to a, peace, a comprehensive peace agreement that allows for 
transformation in Sudan and peace in Sudan. Or at, at least, at, at least, at the very least, a humanitarian corridor so that we can get some aid to these people before they die. All right, George. Because that's that's. So this is all good. So far, so good. The, the, there's a bigger issue that we have to address because we can't just keep putting band-aids on this. But there's a band-aid that's going to be needed pretty quickly. Uh, he's he's struggling now, and Prendergrass is going like, "What are you doing, man? Shut up! Shut up!" And you you're talking about putting the squeeze on the government, uh, the Khartoum government, getting the Chinese involved. What? Why is it in their interest to help? Well, it's easy. Uh, you know, China- oh, 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 John's supposed to take that question, not Clooney. China has uh, built about a $20 billion infrastructure in oil, you know, uh, oil rigs, pipelines, uh, refineries. And that pipeline happens to go through the Nuba Mountains. In, uh, in Mostly in southern Sudan, where most of the oil is. Uh, Right now, for instance, uh, the South, who has the oil, and the North, who gets it in the refinery and then keeps most of it and keeps the money and buys bombs and bombers and uh. equipment to actually attack the South or the, the, uh, the or ABA <laughs> and other regions, um, the South just turned off all the oil. Yeah, okay. So why did the South just turn off all the oil? Well, that is because of a dispute with northern Sudan, who all of a sudden raised the price of the transport. This has nothing to do with anything but blocking the Chinese pipeline. Block the pipeline no matter what. And who is involved? We go back to 2005, our national public treasure. Last year, then-Secretary of State Colin Powell told senators that genocide had taken place in the Darfur region of the Sudan. The word genocide has legal ramifications, and using it is hotly debated. Now another debate is brewing over the increasingly close intelligence relationship between the United States and that East African nation. Washington says the Sudanese government has been cooperating and fighting terrorists who threaten the United States. <laughs> Many say this will surely complicate discussions between the two nations on issues of human rights. So the CIA has been in there for years getting ready for this and then finally Clooney and Prendergast we got to come up with a better name for that guy they go on hardball with Chris Matthews who to his credit just says he asked two simple things who is doing this and why are they doing this fair questions George Clooney who is doing this you're really starting at the beginning on educating us to what's going on over there on the border between Sudan and South Sudan who's committing genocide against whom and why well uh it may be too soon to call it genocide Uh, what we do know is it's certainly war crimes and atrocities but what we what it is is the same people it's the same people who did it in darfur it's uh president omar al-bashir it's uh haroon it's the defense minister hussein all three men charged with war crimes at the international criminal court are the exact same people who are indiscriminately bombing innocent civilians uh all through the nuba mountains so you don't think that they're bombing a pipeline or anything george no 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 why why are they doing it? Why are they doing it, I ask? Is there a, ment- is there a, a recognizable motive or is it just tribalism? Is it just hatred? Oh, no, there's a recognizable motive. The motive is you want to get the people out. You want them to move off the land. First of all, there's, there's, it's, it's good farming and they... <laughs> 
it's good farming there in the desert. Oh, uh, <laughs> like yeah. It. Yeah. The like farm is it, it's a dream come true for a farmer. <laughs> first of all, there's good farming there. You know, I was thinking of building a ranch there in the Nuba Mountains. Off the land. First of all, there's, there's it's, it's good farming, and they would like it, and they would like to sell some of that off. Uh-huh. But, there, but a lot of it is there is a, there's a rebel there, infighting going oh, on. There terror. is a, a, a war He's, going no, on. They're way, way off script here. He's completely this was, this lost This performance it. is really bad. I'd miss this. Yeah. This was poorly done. Oh, yeah. Six more seconds. But they're not bombing where the war is going on. They're bombing the people. They want to get the people to leave. If the people leave, then the rebels will leave. There's like 10 people in this shot in this video. They're not bombing the people, Clooney. They're bombing the pipeline, you douchebag. You shill. Unbelievable. They're bombing. It's because it's good farming. That's why. good farming. Um... I was going to follow up on this. Um, so I looked into these celebrities. And actually, you had given me, uh, you forwarded a note to me from uh, our economic hitman. Not the economic hitman, but our economic hitman. And he said Malawi. And I read his note. And so I started to look into Malawi. And when you say Malawi, what is the first name that comes to mind? No, but nothing comes to mind. Madonna. To Madonna. Oh, right. She went to Malawi. Yeah, Madonna. She, she had, there was this huge sca- scandal with the... Yeah, she stole a baby. <laughs> she went to Malawi, stole a baby, and ru- ru- rushed out of town where the parents were going, Hey! Hey, wait a minute. Where's our baby? Wait, where's our baby? Damn it. That white witch took it. So this was uh, this scandal was quelled very quickly. I might add. Yeah, by some cash. Ooh, well, the baby's well, no, I, I, fig- I think I've figured it out. Um, so there was like two point eight million dollars, and none of it went to this. She was going to build a school and a whole compound and all of this. And uh, so her job basically was to cover Malawi because Malawi is exactly the same script. The Chiners come in, they want to take everything, and we just we don't have a boogeyman there yet, but we're going to. And then when we get that boogeyman, uh, who, uh, who, you know, of course, will be the reason to go in and drone. And you know, it's very easy to uh, bring in our uh, uh, our drones from Djibouti because Malawi has a longstanding agreement to um, ship their oil, which they have a lot of oil there, out through a pipeline through Mozambique. And uh, which, interestingly, is where the, the prince of Gitmo Nation Lowlands has a vacation home in, uh, in Mozambique. So I'm looking like, you know, so how did she get out of this trouble? Why did that get, you know, it was part of the Kabbalah Center and, and all this stuff. And it just kind of died away. Up pops the name Trevor Nielsen. And you spell it N-E-I-L-S-O-N. And he is the founder of something called the Global Philanthropy Group. But this guy is, this is the real guy. Prendergast, he's nothing compared to this guy. Uh, from their website, Trevor Nielsen is president of Global Philanthropy Group, which he co-founded in 2006. He works at the highest levels of business, government, and philanthropy and has served as an advisor to many leaders. Among them are Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Bono, oops, Bono, hello, Sir Richard Branson, Howard Buffett, Madonna, Shakira, Ashton Kutcher, Demi Moore, <laughs> George Clooney, Angelina Jolie. He has been involved in the creation and implementation of many of the world's most respected philanthropic initiatives 
and his extensive experience address, addressing global and domestic crises, including disease, poverty, education, blah, blah, blah. He, um, so Madonna called him in. Now, this guy used to be a staffer for Hillary Clinton. He was the Gates Foundation director of PR. And he is also, and this is what really got me, on the advisory board of Wikimedia. So if you're in trouble, you just call uh, the philanthropic... A fixer. Yeah, he fixes it. He scrubs the wikis. He's a fixer. He's a total fixer. And, oh, he's also, I might add, a member of... And the- curiously, his wife is a co-partner on, at this uh, mm-hmm. operation. Yes. Why curiously? Well, because you normally don't see when you have this global anything. You don't have a <laughs> husband and wife team as the two partners. He is also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And there's an hour-long video of him uh, from the CFR, which I put in the show notes, which you should definitely watch. And by watch. the way, the wife, Maggie, yeah. is also a communications management person. She was done stuff for United Nations, Amazon.com, oh, yeah. Rachel Ray. <laughs> yeah. The Cobalt Group, that Global AIDS Fund. Oh, yeah. He, and the E&J Gallo Winery. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy does everything. Jay-Z, it's him. He is the guy. He does everything. Why do you think Shakira sang the uh, the opening song at the South African uh, World Cup soccer game? It's all this guy. This is the guy to watch. Prendergast is a fool. He's just, he's a low-level no, operator. You know, he's a handler. He's just a guy. He's just, yeah, he's low, low-level. But this guy, yeah, Trevor Nielsen. Yeah, this guy, who we don't even know what he looks like. But yeah, we I'm do. Sure he, he looks real white bread, straight-looking suit guy. Not None of this long hair bull crap like Prendergast. He's, uh, he's come on, he's Council on Foreign Relations, which is Angelina Jolie is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. This is such this a combined Such we, a combined. We can, we can follow this guy for the next... Uh, yeah year and probably get good material well we need help from our producers uh to help us follow this but yeah oh yeah this guy is uh, he's the real deal and he's in the middle of all of it and look what he does he's the whole madonna thing went away <whistles> gone the whole kabbalah thing you don't hear about it anymore the irs yeah, investigation no, this, is a, this guy looks like the head of some fraternity yeah i'm looking at his pictures yeah and there's yeah. pictures if you just go to images and see him you see some of the strangest uh pictures with here there he is with bono there's a just a straight shot of madonna there's another shot of madonna there's another shot of madonna yep. yeah you, you you nailed it that this is exactly what happened this is the guy this, yeah, this is the go-to guy this is the guy meanwhile i was blown away john blown away by a report on fox news it's like it's like someone was sitting there saying hey have you heard that no agenda podcast uh what yeah go to rick perry is an idiot.com you'll get it Go, go to the, go to that crappypodcast.com. You'll get it. It's like they copied us word for word. The Middle East is so important, of course, is oil. There may soon be another. Chief Washington correspondent James Rosen tells us what it is. Brett, good evening. We are all familiar at this point with the scenes of carnage and upheaval that have been playing out in the Middle East for decades now. But there is one revolution in the Mideast presently underway that you're not seeing on television, and it has to do with the all-important area of energy production. This theater of the new revolution is the eastern Mediterranean Sea, and specifically the area known as the Levant Basin, where an oil and gas firm based in Houston, Texas, Noble Energy, has been busy building offshore wells and has discovered huge fields of underwater natural gas 
mass reserves. The U.S. Geological Survey estimates there to be 123 trillion cubic feet of recoverable natural gas here. To put that in perspective, that is equal to 20 billion barrels of oil, more than 20 times the inventory of our own strategic petroleum reserve. Now, two of the fields under development by Noble Energy, Israel and Cyprus, are nicknamed Tamar and Leviathan. They alone contain an estimated 24 trillion cubic feet of gas. Israel hopes that within five years, Jerusalem and Cyprus will start bringing this gas online, that Israel will become energy independent and through pipelines become a gas exporter to the likes of China and India. A major geopolitical shift not going unnoticed in Tehran. Hey. Tehran of course. Hey. I was blown away by that. Yeah. Some actual reporting going on. Well, they eventually catch up to us. It's a month, month, two months later. Yeah. I'm sure anyone watching that is like, uh, where do I fill in this bracket? <laughs> I don't understand. What's this pipeline business? I don't get it. What's geopolitical mean? I don't get it. Too complicated for me, man. And let me just finish it up with one last little news stinger. This was kind of funny. Let's not report on it. Let's give you the headline in 11 seconds. A U.S. drone has killed five militants in a remote tribal area of Pakistan near the Afghan border. The attack on a vehicle traveling along the border took place in the Dreinishta area of South Waziristan. Yahoo! South Waziristan, right north of Balochistan, right where the pipeline goes. It's just so easy to see what's going on. Hmm. Just drone. Oh, you know, I've, I've, I used to fly uh, pipeline uh, missions in Holland. You did? Yeah. You, the, the gas company, of course, this is business that's going away because now with these drones, why pay an expensive helicopter crew to do it? Oh, yeah. Screw that. Just use the drones. Yeah. You have a helicopter. It's outfitted with actually some pretty cool equipment um, that knows exactly where the pipeline is. And basically, you fly it like uh, 150 feet. And you go really slow, which is very boring because you do it for like five hours. And it, you just watch for anyone like doing anything near a pipeline, the gas pipelines. You know, or you, don't you look for, oh yeah, or yeah. You're, you're doing gas pipelines because yeah. I know the oil pipelines are also looking for leaks. No, no. We're, well, you can't really see the leaks. The gas pipeline. Yeah, you know, you're looking for like a guy who's like digging near a pipeline. And <laughs> yeah, we, right we would land. Like there's a guy with a backhoe. It's like, uh, dude, you're about to hit a pipeline. Go away. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm sure we're just doing drone surveillance over the pipeline, the one that we want gone, because this is the peace pipeline. We don't want this thing. This is not good. We want our tappy pipeline. So, hey, there's some guys down there. Or maybe there's no guys. Hey, there's a piece of pipe. <laughs> there's a whole pipeline. Blow it up. <laughs> South Waziristan. Are we at war with South Waziristan all of a sudden? We're <laughs> at war with that. We're everyone. It's, uh, yeah, it's legal. Let's just kill them. I'm so ashamed. I'm glad I, I see that Trevor Nielsen is also uh, uh, serves on Bono's one policy board. Oh, he set it up. Yeah, he, he it used to be called Data. I think was the name originally was the name of the. Uh, this guy's good. No, this guy's fantastic. He's very and what a racket! It's two hundred thousand dollars retainer just to get started with the guy. And then he'll manage your philanthropic, uh, you know, he was actually defending Jay-Z, you know, because people will say, hey, how come uh, Jay-Z is not actually uh, paying for, you know, why, why isn't he putting any money into his, uh, uh, into his own charity? And then this guy says, no, 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 man, it's, you know, his celebrity, he's bringing his celebrity to the, to the game. Like, please. 
And I want to thank the producer who sent me this uh, little ditty. So the Keystone XL pipeline, um, which uh, is not going to happen, I guess. Yeah, that that would be bringing the dirty sands uh, oil <laughs> the tar, crap, the crap from the, 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 L- the and only to bring it down to a, a refinery to export it. It's not even really anything we'd use. Right, the whole thing's a, a joke. Well, do you know why? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious why we're not going to do any business there. Um, the. Athabasca Oil Sands Corporation has exercised its option to sell the remaining 40% interest in the McKay River Oil Sands project to the PetroChina Corporation. It's now uh, 100% China. Yeah, it'll go off. They'll just put a pipeline over toward uh, British Columbia and then drop it off on the edge. Right. But that's why we didn't want it. We no Chiners. It's just it's a whole anti-China thing. I think you know, we're really we're really going after the Chiners. Get them out. We've been. This has been our theme since, if you remember, when they first started bombing, uh, or when Egypt first started going ballistic after the, the Tunisia deal. We immediately picked up China. on the China yeah. thing, uh-huh. and we've been thematically like bringing it up. And the Chinese are, you know, doing what they can to fight back with the rare earths and what other bull crap is going on. This is back and forth uh, until I, I guess until PetroChina. Starts playing ball with the big sisters. I don't. I, I don't know where this is going to wind up, but it's not good. That's for sure. I don't think. I don't think they want to play ball. And I. And I'm pretty sure China has a lot more problems than they're letting on. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, China's so great and is doing so well." I'm not buying that anymore. No, that looks like there's a slowdown going on, and they still have those giant ghost cities they built for some unknown reason, thinking that was a that good, there was thinking it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's a maintenance. I mean, it's like you can buy a mansion, uh, a, a kind of a falling apart mansion, it, it, all over the world. They're all over the world for sale for next to nothing. Yeah, but you got to. It keep... seems like a good idea until you realize <laughs> that it costs more in maintenance on a monthly basis than you paid for the place. Just mowing the grass. So the Chinese have built these cities, huge, and you can look it up, uh, and people can Google this and find Ghost Cities China, and you can get these overhead shots from uh, Google. They're yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of shots there. I mean, there are pe- some people living in there, but generally speaking, they're abandoned, and it's a maintenance issue. The grass is coming up through the pavement. You know, weeds are everywhere, you know. So, so following on this logic, Syria must in some way be related to the Chiners. We know that they got some Chiners out. Well, there's a lot of activity. I kind of was following the Russian stuff going on this week. Uh-huh. There's a lot of movement in the... Uh, I think I've got, unfortunately, these clips are so long. No, you know, sometimes you just got to do that. This, you just I, can't I, get I away from I think we can cut down a few of them. But the Russians seem to be the, uh, the center of attention over this thing called... Uh, they're trying to get this one law eliminated that has changed the it's called the jackson vanik and i believe it was passed in 1974 you can look it up it was designed to uh to get uh to it actually hampers trade with russia we our trade with russia is virtually non-existent right well they're also not a world trade organization member they're not a member of the of the club not not yet. They're going to be this year, p- perhaps in June. They're going to be uh, accepted as a member. And there's this still this de- de- this debate over Jackson Vanek. It has to be repealed. What what is this Jackson Vanek? Well, what is Jackson Vanek. Well, here's a good one. Uh, I think lo- the long question about Jackson Vanek kind of explains that you can stop playing this clip when you think that when the explanation 
is ended. Well, when it makes sense to you. Um, you mentioned the statement put out today by Nemtsov, et cetera, uh, calling for abolition of Jackson Vanek and making the point that the failure to do so plays into the hands of those who are anti-American, and they specifically made reference to President Putin. Um, the high hard one is as follows. The closest analog I'm aware, to, aware of is back when the U.S. had the famous Helms-Burton legislation. Helms-Burton then against Cuba. It's kind of like Jackson Vanek against Russia. And the Congress sent a study team to Havana to assess the impact on U.S. interests of the Helms-Burton legislation, which of course tried to tighten the embargo and limit the economic exchanges with Cuba. The congressional delegation came back and said, we came to one main conclusion. The Cubans that are on our side, the U.S. side, want to get rid of Castro, want to democratize Cuba, et cetera, et cetera, tell us that that legislation in Cuba is widely called the Helms-Burton-Castro legislation because it strengthens the hands of Castro enormously. This is not helping me. <clears throat> Let me try to summarize. In the 70s, the Russians were harassing the Jews who were getting higher educations in the Russian schools, and then they would, they would get to apply for the special visa and then immigrate to Israel and leave Russia. So ah. the Russians decided to start gouging them ah. for their education. The, 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 the so-called diploma tax is what they called it. And so they started gouging the uh, the Jews who, who were getting these higher degrees for doing this stunt. So we came up with this. Well, we can't. You know, we couldn't allow it, let this continue because it was a it was hurtful. <laughs> yeah, it's a so human we, rights violation. So we essentially created a uh, an embargo of, of sorts, similar to the one he mentions in Cuba that we have against Cuba that, that limited trade with Russia to, to hurt the ah, Russians. Okay. So it, and, it was but an that, embargo. The situation with the Jews ended in the nineties and now there's no reason for this legislation to even exist. Meanwhile, we're not trading much with the Russians. And I think this is, a, I hate to bring the, say this, but I, ah, it's, wait, it's like, about Gazprom. Let me guess. Yes. Yeah. I that <laughs> I behind think, it, the whole thing is yeah. uh, is Gazprom. Yeah, no problem. And they're yeah. trying to open up trade, and because because once they get in the WTO, everyone's going to be able to trade wildly with the Russians who have all this energy, except us. Uh huh. And so we're going to have to pull the plug on this thing. It's a big moment of debate. You can hear our our this guy who is our uh, ambassador to uh, Russia. Um, did make a comment I thought was weird. Yeah, this is a short clip. McFall is the guy's name. He's a character himself mm -hmm. on Jackson Vanek. He he's kind of expresses the administration's perspective, I think, on this clip. In our governments. I, I don't see anything wrong about that. Uh, what I do think is wrong is when they, it's not a conversation based on facts, right? So right. when when we heard and I heard time and time again that, you know, Mick Fall is paying for the, the no, political... No, no, this is the wrong clip. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I got it here. I'm, you had two clips. Repealing, lifting, terminating, whatever the right language is, Jackson Vanek, how that 
helps the cause of promoting rule of law, democracy, and human rights. We just don't see it that way. Uh, and so we want to lo- use other venues, other mechanisms, and other instruments, again, listening to those, after all, on the ground in Russia, not just our, what we think, but what they think. And that's our answer in terms of that, that piece of legislation. So they, I'll stop there, and I'll bet you. That's good. They, they, essentially, they, they're trying to pass the, get this thing repealed because it'll help, supposedly, human rights issues in Russia. Oh, I'm and so saying, sick no, and tired. Not, of, not about that at I'm all. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of human rights. Well, they've dropped it. In fact, even Clooney dropped it on that thing he did with the uh, uh, on PBS. He mentioned that the human, they, now they can talk economics with the Chinas rather than human right, rights because right. it's not getting them anywhere. Well, watch out for universal rights, though. That's the new one. Universal yeah, rights. Meme. Yeah. So anyway, so the idea, I think, I think here's what's going to happen. I think they're going to get this this piece of legislation with nobody's ever heard about except now. Yeah. They're going to eliminate it, and we're going to op- wide, go wide open with trade with Russia. And I think the oil companies are going to start it, but I think the rest of the economy is going to start. We're going to start seeing Russian goods. Mm. We're going to see it as an alternative. They're going to set up factories as an alternative to the Chiners because they got enough, you know, people in the middle of. Yeah, you know, they got slave. a lot of slaves. Perfect. Yeah, they got a lot of slaves. So the, I really think within the next couple of years, we're going to see lots of Chinese stuff. Russian stuff, you mean? I, I, Yes, I lots think that, of Russian stuff is going to be say made in Russia. So Have wait, you ever wait, seen wait, 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 anything wait. that said made in Russia ever? Yes, my AK forty-seven. Does it actually say made in Russia on it? Yeah, it says made ski and ruski. That's a that's so. Wait a, a minute. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Following that logic, maybe we are blowing up Syria for the Russians. Think, that of, think be, about that. Because then the Russians, that. meanwhile, are, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. And they, you know, they, but they haven't really done any. There's a lot. I was listening to all this Russian stuff. And this, this McFall guy had a lot to say about, uh, he's the ambassador, about a lot of the, he says, don't believe, you know, what you hear. Uh, you know, he, he was mentioning, uh, in fact, just a good example of this is the, uh, see if I got it on here. Social media it, clip? No, no, social media clip is a, is a piece of humor for later. Oh. Uh, who is Heather? Protests in Russia. Mm. Well, let me just said what, say what it is. He was talking about the... Co- uh, cooperate with Russia? That's probably the clip you mean. Operate with Russia. Yeah, try it. Yeah, yeah, hit that. Missile defense? Yeah, we're, we're, we've had some disagreements. But I got to tell you, I'm an optimist on missile defense. <laughs> I, I, you know, and it, for a couple of reasons. Uh, yes, we do not have missile defense cooperation with Russia in the year 2012. Uh, but we've only been trying to do that for, you know, just a, several months. I mean, let's remember, this was an issue of confrontation, fierce confrontation for three decades. So, so why should anybody be surprised that we haven't been able to, to get this done in a cooperative way in a year? Uh, yes, we have the, the public statements about this, that, and the other. But when you, you talk about the facts and when you talk about physics as opposed to p- politics, I think this is actually a place where with time and with effort, uh, we're going to be able to cooperate with Russia. I, I, I'm, now, I'm he op- says, that you can stop it. He make it, this is, believe me, listen, there's hours of this. I, I kept hearing, you can, you hear a lot of talk, they, they're yakking about this. A lot, in other words, there's a lot of bull crap being expressed just for posturing purposes. And I think that could be happening in Syria. That with makes the a Russians. lot of, I think you've hit this one, John. I think you've knocked this one out of the park. Because if anything, 
Russia need this is would be perfect for them because they own the port in Syria. They own that port. So if they don't have to deal with any of that bull crap and they got their port, they can go straight out. They can bypass all that Leviathan crap, which will take another five years. And they've got the Nord Stream, the South Stream. They've got uh, straight from the port. They can export to the Chiners. Wow. Maybe maybe we're bestest buddies. I got to tell you, I like Russians, actually. I have to say, I, I wouldn't mind it if we teamed up with the Russians. Well, you know, they this, this McFall guy... The more I listen to him, he is there's interesting things going on. And he made a long commentary. I'm not going to don't necessarily play this, but he says that, you know, they've been blaming him for the Russian protests. He, he actually defends the Russian government regarding the protests and say these are not uh, overthrow the government type protests or just complainers that are out there, you know, protesting exactly the same way the Occupy Wall Street people are. They're not trying to overthrow the government. And he says it's the same thing. The Russians are really come around. He's very <laughs> pro-Russia. Uh-huh. Well, and he doesn't want to get killed. I mean, hell, well, there's that. The but ambassador. he can always quit. But the point is, is I think he's there, there was a lot of weird stuff in this conversation that would could lead me to believe that we're actually proxies for the Russians. Well, the hold Syria on a thing. second. If you if you stay with that, um, something that, of course, was underreported, uh, North Korea we got a presidential proclamation with a free trade agreement with Korea. Section 6 of the Implementation Act authorizes the president upon receiving a request from an interested entity, Russia, to determine that a fabric, yarn, or fiber is not available in a commercial quantity in a timely manner in the United States. Uh, Anyway, bullcrap. We just did a a free trade agreement and perhaps perhaps john with this with the the group of six perhaps we are now opening the door for north korea to allow maybe it was exactly the opposite of what i said a couple weeks ago to allow the pipeline from vladivostok which is right there near the northern korean peninsula to come in go through north korea we already own south korea we got Japan. We have bases on Japan. And then we'll gouge the Chiners again. This is a great theory. I'm really liking it. <laughs> Gouge, gouging the Chinese. Gouge, no, the Chiners. It's Chiners. And you know what? Let's be honest. I'm sick and tired of them. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of those Chiners selling us crap. Everything you know, is China, China. I don't want to get... Uh, actually, I'm not going to bring this next point Economic up. hitman? Yeah, do it, man. Do it, do it, do it, do it. He's, he... I was talking in correspondence with him about the basic dishonesty of certain cultures, and then I've talked about it with other people too. Yeah, that was in his email. And he, and I and a lot of these cultures are liars. They're them. lying sacks of crap. They, well, they lie a lot of times for cultural reasons. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to admit they can't do something, or they have this a lot of losing face. And I, I was citing specifically the Indonesians because I had some issues over when I was floating around with people telling me one thing and not doing anything. And uh, in fact, not just a one guy, but everybody's like a cultural thing, right? And uh, he said, "Yeah, well, he says the Chinese are the worst. They're, uh, yeah, they're liars. That. They're big liars, and they sell us junk." And uh, quite honestly, I think this is a, a good development. It's too bad we have to kill so many people. We could just come out and say, hey, we're going to work with the Ruskies. You know, and the question is kind of out there. 
do we really like Putin or do we still want Because, you know, of course, uh, Gazprom is really Medvedev. He's the re- he, he was the, the big Gazprom guy. So yeah. I'm not sure if Putin's in or out. That, that well, to me we, is... we won't know for a while. But the Chinese, when the Chinese opened the door for Nixon to, you know, open relations with right. the uh, Mao Zedong via yeah. Kissinger, yeah. who went over, snuck over there yeah. unbeknownst to the American public and the media, uh, the insiders, the people that do Chinese studies, believe that the Chinese were freaky about uh, the potential of the United States and Russia, not, you know, we were at the time were shaking our swords at each other. Yeah. Uh, but they were, they were always worried. Apparently the Chinese were worried sick that we would eventually team up with Russia to screw the Chinese. Hell yeah. Now they must have that in the back of their mind still, which would make it. So we have to keep this somewhat quiet. Mm hmm. So, so yeah. we were, how quiet are we? Not doing such a good job by blowing everybody up. People like limbs well, flying know, off. The, the relation, our relationship <laughs> quiet, with Russia quiet. is still not fully known by anybody. We don't know what. I mean, this this McFowl guy, yeah. McFowl. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, uh, McFowl is it's pronounced, but McFowl. I think McFowl. Is good. McFowl. Yeah. McFowl is like uh, a, a kind of a student of Russia, and he is uh, a. Kind of, it seems to me that they're, they're we're cozying up to them in, in ways that we're not publicizing. And I think, but the thing is, the Chinese must spot this a mile away. So let me ask you this: There's something's. Uh, we, this is a problem that we. And when they come into the WTO, the Russians, this is not going to be a good situation to watch. It's going to be a trade war. Let me ask you this: Does Russia have the capability to produce rare earth materials? I don't know. Uh, hold on a second. Let's see the first article I hit here from the Book of Knowledge. A lot of stuff out of Africa. Russian, well, of course. Russian rare earth deposits may be higher than estimated, December 2010. This, so just take into account, this may be the beginning of the PR. So take into account, we already knew that China said they were going to they were going to reduce their rare earth material exports. By 30%. They said that in 2009. Everyone knew about this. There was all kinds of talk in Congress, etc. So now it's like, oh, these damn Chiners. Oh, these are, this is the public-facing part of the deal. The, the back door is blow them up in Brazzaville. Get them the hell out of the Congo. Get them the hell out of Malawi. Get them the hell out of Uganda. Get them the hell out of Libya, out of Egypt. Get them out, get them out, get them out. And maybe the public is, well, you know what? It's so nice that our friends, the Russians, they've said, you know what? We're going to work with you guys. We're going to you're on your next iPad will be called an iPad ski. <laughs> iPad ski. <laughs> an iPad ski. That's good. Uh, Putting that as a show title. The iPad ski. I'm telling you. Here it says, uh, um, I was reading this uh that the reason why China wants to reduce, this is from 2009 that I'm reading this, the reason why they wanted to reduce the, um, their exports is so that they can move up the food chain from just providing the raw stuff to actually providing assembled stuff, to, to assembling it, you know, really exporting the full, the full gear. So, you know, it, no longer will it say, you know, manufactured in China, assembled in Cupertino. It'll just say, Assembled, you know, made in China, dot, period. 
Okay, so here we go. I got the voice of Russia. It's the voice of America analog in Russia. It says, as for Russia, it remains the second largest producer of rare earth metals after China, and they're going to crank it up. China has announced a restriction. This is in from June 28th of last year. Mm-hmm. Has announced a restriction. By the way, again, you know, we talked about this is not new. This is a year old. China's announced the restriction of rare earth metals, pointing in this connection to Russia's soon-to-be-increased role in the rare earth metal market, of which China is the leader. Right now, Russia has a whole array of deposits, which includes cerium, erbium, terbium, which is widely used in technology applications. Then they have a typo here. It says ranging from LSD, which <laughs> means mean LCD, LCD. <laughs> and cell phones to missile systems. Hey, man, I'm doing this terium shit, but I ain't getting high, man. It ain't working. the next few years, according to this site, the next few years may see a global battle ah! for the possession of what is billed as metals of the future. So um, we got that in Uganda. We've got that in uh, uh, all over, uh, particularly South Africa. South, we've got uh, Djibouti. We've got all of that. We've got all of that. All we have to do is kick the Chiners out, and and their manufacturing will crumble. I, this is this is this is this may be the big game, John. This may be the really big game. Well, also, something's up. And I guess we're sick and tired of the of <laughs> the Chiners, of these, of the Chiners uh, screwing us by 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 underpricing their goods. I mean, they've basically ruined our manufacturing in this country because they they essentially have undercut everything, and then they won't adjust their money. That's the big complaint we have. Well, then it's, it's their it's their own fault. Then, well, that's the way we see it. Yeah, God, we're good. No, we are good. <laughs> Too bad we have to kill so many people to get there. Well, That's... the killing part is a bad part of it. And then now we're so blasé about it, we're going to kill our own citizens at the drop of a hat, which is not a good thing. So we, we've become, I think, uh, hardened by this, by our killing, which is not good. Because now we're, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt us. But whatever. It's an interesting, I think we'll have to follow this. Well, write it down on the Red Book. Uh, I think it's, it's a Red Book entry worthy that... Uh, the next announcement you will hear about rare earth is that we have struck a deal with the Russians, our new friends. And of course, new president, you know, the whole thing, you know, uh, Putin, he's a handsome devil too. You know, he's like, he, I bet you, he, I bet you we will see him and Obama playing basketball <laughs> with and, and put that in the book. shirts and skins. And guess who's going to be skins. <laughs> you know Putin's going to have his shirt off in a heartbeat. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. <laughs> in the morning. All right, so we have um, a number of people to uh, thank. Uh, including uh, Scott Schwarzenberger from Livingston, Montana, who... Uh, Came in with $150. Hello, John and Adam. I'd be interested to see if you tease me about my long Irish surname, Schwarzenberger. Yeah, with you, Schwarzenberger. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how many people don't get that joke. Oh, I think really? we got the joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I laughing. could use any karma you can spare. A slide whistle karma would be really cool. Ready? Uh, here we go. You got karma. <laughs> 
I do miss the original no jingles and no prep show that started it all. Oh, yeah. 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 Go back and listen to episode one and see how cool it really was. It wasn't good. 20 minutes of just blah. May the Schwartz be with you. Thank you. Stefan in Lindale, Texas, right up the street from you. Yeah. $112.35 in the morning from Z Rich. Zurich, Switzerland. He's in Zurich, Switzerland. Right up the street from me. (laughs) You are in Zug. I'd like to send a Hey Citizen and douchebag to my brewski Dan for one, introducing me to the show a few weeks back, and two, not donating first. We really enjoy your media analysis and have already begun using some no agenda slang in our everyday conversations. I could also use a shot of karma for my grad school application that big school in the capital of the Drone Star State. I could hear back in the next few weeks. All the best. Uh, so let me uh, give him a uh, so it's a hey, citizen douchebag for Dan. Hold on a second. Hey, citizen douchebag. And then a karma for your UT application. You've got karma. By the way. Little intermezzo. Have you ever had a Doritos pouch? Not yet. So we were invited to a benefit. This is a Taco Bell product you're talking about. No, it's not. Almost as bad. We were invited to Ham, the uh, health something Austin music. It's like a, it's a charity for. It's like South by Southwest for people like to eat. No, it's actually, it's, it's actually very cool. It's a, it was a invite party only. And it's uh, they raise money for uh, a charity that uh, gets gives medical attention. It's like Music Cares. It gives medical attention to Austin uh, musicians who are dying in the street because there's no, you know, it's a bad gig. And uh, so there was, you know, it was, it was food. And they have this thing, which everyone knew about it, apparently. It's called a Doritos pouch. And what it is, it's a single serving size Doritos bag opened up. And they got a whole bunch of them on the table. They take the bag. They plop chili in there into the bag right on top of the Doritos with the sour cream, with the cheese. And then they stick a fork in it and uh, and stir it up. And that's a meal in a bag. Oh, it's a God. Dorito. It's fantastic. That sounds terrible. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm sure. It's- well, actually, I'm, yeah. The chili- These kinds I- of things are always tasty, but oh. they are it's a terrible, terrible idea. Well, it's a heart attack in a bag. The worst but... kind of cheese, I'm sure, that can be no, so runny. No, no, it was... All the, whole... the sour cream and then the greasy chili? <laughs> the whole thing was gourmet. It was it was, it was was beautiful. It was gourmet, but then they had... The... In a bag. But, you know, there's only like 10 Doritos in the bag, right? You know, it's all air. So they just open up the bag, they, and they got beautiful chili. It was outstanding. Plop it on top, sour cream, cheese, boom, stick a fork in it. Poof, here you go. Here's your Doritos pouch. And I'd never heard of it it's like it's great for you never heard of it it's great for it's your called the doritos pouch yeah <laughs> isn't that awesome sell it to texas rangers ball games i mean it's a it's a it, from it's a great snack <laughs> snack <laughs> don't make this stuff too hot or it'll melt the bag it's lovely all right so that was my little aside you ate that yeah, i had two <laughs> you had two bags of doritos there's, there's not there's ten Doritos in it. It's, oh, these are little bags. Yeah. Oh, it's not like a big giant bag. No, no. It's 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 a it's a one shot meal. You know. So oh, it's a little one. The little dinky bags you buy the little ones like a yeah, one ounce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like ten Doritos in there, and you just throw the chili on top. It's, I was like, wow, what a genius idea. <sighs> Only some Texan would come up with that. Nah, that's why we rock, baby. <sighs> Maxwell Fry in New York, New York, New York. Hundred dollars. 
Uh, I'd love to get some of that get laid karma I hear so much about. It's sadly been <laughs> over a year since the last time I got laid. Oh, no. And without any karma, I fear it'll be another year before my train goes through any kind of tunnel. <laughs> Lately, I've been working so late, I get home and I'm too tired to even make the bald man cry, let alone actually meet a babe. Make the bald man cry. This is a uh, new it's one. It's getting so bad that one night I left the office late and I was aroused by a mannequin that I saw in the window front. In my own defense, the mannequin was hotter than any other mannequin I've ever seen. The breasts looked pretty real. and I did a double take, but I was quickly ashamed when I realized that it wasn't a real lady. If I'm not too tired and I don't have to work on the weekend, I might be able to go out. But the chance of me meeting a babe is unlikely because I'm fat now from sitting in the office all day and night. And I can't go around the office trying to pick up babes because everyone will think I'm some sort of creep and they, they'll can me like they can the last creepy guy who got fired. That's our audience, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll be back to square one, broke and unemployed, and that's certainly not going to get me laid. We need to help this guy, John. We yes, need he to says, uh, karma may be our only hope. Uh, all right, enough complaining. I got to get back to work. All right. Slave to the grave. All right, here we go, man. We got to get you some karma. Pronto, some get laid karma, my friend. You've got karma. Make the bald man cry. Oh, so bad. he's in that time. So uh, <laughs> good luck, Maxwell. Hey, good luck with Ryan that. Ryan M. Reich from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. Which is interesting, another guy. $100. ITM, thanks for all the great analysis. I've been hitting people in the mouth for you. By the time this is read, I will have had an interview for some freelance work that would really, that I would really like to get. Can I get some see something, say something karma? We haven't heard that for a while. Oh, interesting. And a birthday call. Is he on the list? Do we have him? No, uh, you better put him on the list. Uh, let, me, let me do the karma first. Here we go. If you see something, say something. You've got karma. So put him on the birthday list. Ryan M. Reich. 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 Stephen Walker in, uh, which I don't, I find it hard to believe that's the spelling of his name, but it's possible. Seattle, Washington. Uh-oh. Here we go again. Yep. It, it never ends. 6969. <coughs> Stephen, Seattle. I'm donating 6969 as your finder's fee for informing me about the unclaimed property website a number of shows back. Huh. I recently got my unclaimed property check for nearly $1,600. Well, I think we got gypped then. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's delivering some real value to your <laughs> listeners. I'd like to take this opportunity to call out some of the other listeners as douchebags. Derek. Douchebags. Stacy. Douchebags. And Chris are no douchebag. donors. For the guy's non-existent boners. Thanks. Brian Dennison in Bristol, Connecticut, 6969. In the morning, John Nadam, Brian in Connecticut here, a longtime boner. I'm in need of some job karma in order to decide whether or not to set out for the greener pastures, literally, to become a farmer. Hey, I know you, there's some good land for sale in the Nuba Mountains. So please give me a de-douching and karma shout out with a slide whistle roll. You've been de-douched. Okay, David Hanley. Uh, <clears throat> I'm getting my. Apparently, according to the chat room, the Doritos pouch is also uh, served in jail, <laughs> where they call it goulash. <laughs> David Hanley in Orenmore, Galway, sixty nine sixty nine at Armagen. Huh. Hello? 
Uh-oh. John? Oh. Wow, internet connection problem. Hmm. That doesn't happen often, does it? Let's see. Wow. That's the first time in a long time we've had that happen. Let's, oh, here he is. What was that? I don't know. That, that has, internet connection problem is what Skype said. Oh, well, you, sound, you don't sound as good as you did. Uh, it'll pick up. But what was the beeping? I didn't hear any beeping. Oh, yeah, no, I got a beep. beep. No, well, that's Skype with their new uh, back door they built in. David Hanley. And, oh, that's what we just did. Sorry, David. Uh, he need, Does he need a karma or anything? Well, this, you didn't do it. You cut off at air my, my gin. That's where you cut off. I did? Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. Go. Oh, huh. Happy I read all the way through the whole thing. <laughs> well, you were talking to a brick wall, my friend. Apparently, happy St. Patrick's Day from Gitmo Nation Guinness. It was nice to hear Adam talking about the president. In episode 387, I recently found 50 in the old hand-me-down pair of pants. Not knowing who previously owned the pants, I decided to donate before the euro collapses next week. I'd like to say <laughs> happy birthday to my brother. The donations for his knighthood. So uh, get a slide whistle karma uh, for me and two slide whistle playing brothers. Oh, Oh. I need to help to get me. Whoops. Hold on a you second. You guys should get together and they could form a group. Okay, we'll do a slide whistle karma. Ready? Yeah. You stop. Karma. Wow. What do you mean, wow? Awesome. Is that good? Yeah, you should come to Austin in the South by Southwest. We're in need of more slide whistle. Maybe we can. Uh, can't we do a cowbell slide whistle uh, combo thing together, you and me? I mean, if, if I just give you the beat, can you do... Okay, okay. Pretty good. Mercedes in Miami, Florida, 6969. So need us a major karma for after his ex-girlfriend left me heartbroken and depressed. Oh, no. The only thing that keeps me sane through this time has been your show. So I decided to <laughs> You must be really down. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, our uplifting information. <laughs> so what does he want here? Uh, karma? karma? Yeah. Okay. You've got karma. All right. And then we got Joshua Theodorson in Perth, our favorite place. <laughs> That's Western right. Australia, sixty nine, sixty nine. Wow. Uh, hi, guys. Okay, maybe I'm slightly drunk on a few wild turkeys and homemade fluoride-free stevia sweetened stevia. colas. Stevia. Stevia, stevia. But my smoking hot MILF wife says I should be donating to my three-month-old human resource and not no agenda. <laughs> Another woman against us. Yeah, it's a cabal, I tell you. She obviously doesn't realize that by donating, I'm loving and ensuring a balanced future for my spawn. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Of course not. <laughs> no. Without no agenda, all my daughter has to look forward to is a New World Order shill speak like Sesame Street, crazy-eyed Dora the Explorer, and video hits. So please give my unconverted MILF wife a shout-out to hopefully turn her tide and also a de-douching to me as... This is my first real donation after many hours of entertainment, courtesy of the No Agenda Show. I'd love a shot of karma to be sent to my constantly struggling older brother, John, who put me on to you guys about six months ago, and I never looked back. Also, my dad has just been diagnosed with bladder cancer, uh, so a huge screw cancer from Adam would be awesome. So yeah. thanks so much for the enlightenment and copious. All right, so we've got a MILF, and then we've got a, a de-douching and a karma and a fuck the cancer karma. Okay, here we go. MILF. 
That's one mother I'd like. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. By the way, speaking of MILF, did you get that email I forwarded to you from uh, one of our associate executive producers from last week? No. The female listener? No, you didn't forward it to me. I certainly did forward it to you. I didn't see it. She's Not only is she smoking hot, but she sent a secret link to her website. Apparently, she's um, in the business. Oh, and uh, one of our listeners? Yeah, she's not only is she smoking hot, but she's... <laughs> You could use her donation, let's put it that way, and get some services. But you should look at that. I can't believe you. I, like, I, I missed it. I'm like, how come back after the show? I'll I, go find I it. I think I actually if, said. If it's actually there. I think the note I said to you was, we rock. <laughs> this is our audience. Yeah. Good. Yeah, very good. We appreciate <laughs> women of the profession. Uh, Raphael Desilitz Ob. I don't know. You give it a Wait, shot. You missed uh, Gerald Small, I think. Oh, I'm sorry, Gerald. Oh, yeah. Gerald Small in Chesterfield, Missouri. 6789, small donation to help with the cause and get a request to call out to all Ron Paul supporters. Get out to the Missouri caucus this Saturday, the 17th, and make a Ron Paul statement to the mainstream media. It's two hours out of your life and a lifetime of pride for voting for the only guy who gets it. America needs no agenda and Ron Paul. That's right. No agenda should be vice president. Now, give me give me a pronunciation. Of Raphael Desilet Auba. Maybe. Maybe. Albany, New York in 6111. Birthday call at the Charles Hamill. Another birthday we, we missed. Really? Huh. Put it in. Charles Hamill from Raphael. Gold Roscoe Jr. I have to read that name. Raf- I'll just say Raphael from your buddy Raphael because I'll, never, I'll just stumble over that for five minutes. <laughs> To a Charles, Charles Hamill. Okay, yeah. And you need some Carmen and MILF for the upcoming new human resource and a de-douching for himself. You've got karma. You've been de-douched. Okay, Anne Beck. Anne L. Beck from Cumminock. 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 Hello? East Irishshire. Ayrshire, Ayrshire, $61. Please mention Narita Ian Sufi Scott Ramsey as he enters his 61st year on March 19th. We're regular listeners in the lowlands of Scotland. Hey. Great great show from his wife, Liz. Yeah, it's on the list. Brandon in Chiba, which I assume is Japan. Uh, 5650, yes. Greetings from Gitmo Nation Sushi, first-time donor with about 4,649 yen, 4,649, which read... You can tell John never gets to count into the the thousands. No, we don't make enough money. We don't get to count thousands. (laughs) We don't get to count thousands, which read in Japanese can sound like Yoroshiku, which is basically a universal conversation ending, which basically means I leave it in your hands. Regards. Thanks in advance. Almost like asking for karma. Okay, maybe that's stretch, but I never did quite get why speaking in Chinese was such a big deal for a candidate. Isn't demonstrating being bilingual a good thing? But thank you for all the amazing shows and... I'm sorry, that's Chinese. Does he have the no? Do you have in the morning in Japanese? Um, no, only Chinese. Really? It's the, it's the same thing. Same thing. 
Philip Gretsch in Hillside, Victoria, 5555. Love the show. Can I get some karma? I've just started a final year of university. Here's my money would have spent at the pub. I don't have the class Monday morning. Uh, also, quick thank you to my hot girlfriend, DeRosa, for listening to that podcast while driving. You've got karma. Juan Carmona, Corpus Christi, Texas, down the street from your 5510. Love the show. Need a de-douching. We'll never view the mass media again the same way. Of course. Getting married soon. We're adopting two brand new twin human resources of our own, but they are eight weeks premature and stuck in the NICU for a while. Please send some MILF karma their way. Known the girls a week, and I can't imagine my life without them. Keep up the excellent work watching boring crap. Okay. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Chris Potter, Elmira, Ontario, double nickels on the dime, looking for some work overtime, double time karma so I can get to knighthood faster and out from under the oppression of our friends at Visa. Please note Elmira is pronounced Elmira. All the rest, gentlemen, and the great work on the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. Chris Whitten in Huntersville, North Carolina. 55. I've been don- <coughs> listening since December and it's my first donation. I'm donating because I truly value the work you do and your honesty in reporting the truth. Mm. The truth is out there. Yes, I is. also donated because I badly need my side business to take off so I don't have to keep working like a slave for a close to nothing. Please give me and my wife's business a shot at karma and give my wife a Hey Citizen MILF combo. I've, I've also had an idea that might get more donations if you could create a bunch of bumper stickers that say I donated to no agenda before it was cool and slap them on cars everywhere. Or at least people could make up that status or tweet it. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. Before it was cool. Well, that'll be the day. Hey, citizen. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. They're wrapping up here. We got David Yeagley in Pleasanton, California, 5050, being conflicted as to whom I should donate to. You guys or Ron Paul, I decided to spread the wealth and give a 50-50 split. If I could, I'd like to shout a karma to Ron Paul. You can do that. And then... You've got karma. Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, $50. Chris Slowinski, Sir Chris Slowinski, actually, in Sherwood Park, Alberta, $50. Anonymous, Staten Island, New York, $50. He's... A karma shot for an important meeting today. It sounds like getting the donation in before a podcast sometimes gets the karma going in advance. Hoping so in this case. Keep up the good work. You guys have a combined chemistry that does not exist anywhere in the media today. (laughs) You've got karma. Yeah, that's true. Mike Westerfield, $50. And finally, in (laughs) Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Aridia. Ridia, I'm Ridia. Firas El Thabani, Tabani. He needs some karma. He's beginning a new venture. He needs all the help he can get. Absolutely. I'd love to give you that. You've got karma. And I don't want to leave out George Scanlon from Carpentersville, Illinois, who also came in with $50. That's a good group. I want to thank them all and everyone else for uh, donating and helping us do this show. You can go to noagendashow.com and click on the donate button, noagendanation.com and click on the donate button, dvorak.org slash NA and channel dvorak.com slash NA. And that would be of great benefit to everyone. So, um, as you know, since, uh, um, our donations are barely supporting the uh, the entire work week for us. I've been looking for gigs on the side. Oh, no. You're not going to play another clip, are you? I got one. I got a gig. 
Oh, you did? You're going to do a voiceover? Not exactly. You're going to be a bartender? <laughs> Not exactly. Uh-oh. Uh, $1,500. and oh, and a, Yeah, and, a, and the, agents, the agent will take a fee, of course. An in-house video for Mattel. Ooh. For the sales team. Oh, sales video. Now, I'm like... Wow, you know, I got a gig, I got a gig. Would you like to hear the gig? <laughs> what can you imagine? Would they want Adam Curry, the no agenda media assassin? Is that who they want for this gig? I don't know. All right. Well, here we go. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Curry, and this is your MTV News. Inspired by the successes of Band-Aid and Hands Across America, the Wheels team at Toymaker Mattel have decided to start focusing on some issues and causes very near and dear to their own hearts. Emerging markets, international clusters, and, of course, increased profitability. Restructured and suddenly freed from the shackles of the North American division, this global brand team, or GBT, is comprised of pop superstars from around the world. Italy, Afghanistan, India, Venezuela, Spain, I mean even some made-up countries like Canada. And they've all come together thanks to the vision of one man, Simon Waldron. So they made me stand in front of the green screen with my MTV leather jacket with my hair all poofed up to introduce a fake We Are the World video by the sales team. That's the level that I have sunk to to make ends meet. How sad is that? How fucking sad is that? Yeah, well, I think it was priced awfully low. They wanted to pay 500 bucks, and, ah, I, and, I, said, and I said no. What, they think you're a whore? Well, clearly. All I had to do was ask for more. How sad is that? And because and, we did this during South by and uh, Mickey and Molly Wood were like doing my hair all poofy. Oh, yeah. You have to have the hair. I mean, that's what they're paying the money for. How sad is that? <laughs> I'm sad. I'm so sad. I'm pathetic. That's the only gig I can get. I'm 47 and they're still making me do MTV News guy. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm going to shoot myself. Oh. Oh, I hate myself. Well, whatever. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> do you understand? And I can't. I don't. It's it's like we do, do all a this lot of public speaking and stuff. I mean, it's just, I do zero public speaking. Uh, well, you don't have a speech to sell. I got nothing to sell. All I got is the show. This is what it is. And every morning I wake up. Well, I hope we get support because. That's all I got is this show. Is I have nothing. There's nothing else I'm good at. Nothing. Well, you, you're a good talker. Yeah. You should be in Talker Magazine. <sighs> well, anyway, we did get some support for this show. So we'll hopefully that the people will come in for Sunday and uh, continue to help us out. And I would encourage anyone that has an old coin or something they want to send our way f- to throw in the pot. And we will take that. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday On no agenda Alright, happy birthday, Ryan M. Reich As we just heard, Stacey Walter congratulates uh, Dad Adam
Alex Walter turning 40 today. David Hanley's brother Joe Hanley turns 25-ish on Monday. Anne L. Beck says happy birthday. Narada Ian Sufi Scott Ramsey turning 61 on Monday. What's it to? Andrew Gardner. Congratulations his birthday. Elliot Gardner on the, that was yesterday for his birthday. And Raphael says happy birthday to Charles Hamill. Congratulations from all of your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And uh, I guess we have, uh, well, because uh, Sandy sent in the coin, regardless of your value or my value of the coin, it's over $1,000. So that uh, that warrants a, uh, a knighthood. So let's uh, get our blades out here, John. Here it comes. Oh, your, your blade sounded a little rusty there. It is. We're not getting enough knights. Sandy Stab, or Stab, I think we'll stick, stick with Stab, rhymes with, come on over here, kneel down, Sandy, because of your donation of one gold coin, which equals certainly more than 1,000 Federal Reserve notes, we hereby pronounce thee, Sir Sandy Stab, Knight of the Noah Jenner Roundtable, hookers and blow. Rent boys and Chardonnay, hot pants and booze and beers and wenches for you, my friend. Thank you for that support and setting a precedent of uh, sending gold and silver coins. We'll be happy to uh, accept those as donations. Unfortunately, we'll have to report the full value amount uh, at uh, time of receipt because that's the way John has now set it up. And you can always do this at Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Or com slash N-A. Or, of course, go to noagendanation.com. Thank you so much for the support. Keep me away from the internal sales videos. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually disgusted by myself, I have to say. Eh, what did it take you, 15 minutes? No, I, it was a lot of text. I didn't have a teleprompter. so you know, I just, Oh, you had to memorize the whole script? Yeah. Why didn't you just have a prompter? Well, I did this at home. Oh, so you did it at home against your own green screen. Yeah, so basically it was like 400 for me and 1100 for the production. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of it's somewhat amusing. Right, hilarious. So, uh, well, you know, it, gets, it gets you out of, well, I was going to say get you out of the no. house, but didn't even do that much. No, because they originally offered 400 bucks and I had to fly to L.A. I'm like, it don't cost me more oh, to get really? there. Oh, Good this, luck. Yeah, how sad is it? And this is Mattel. This is like a huge China corporation. They got, yeah, they got lots of dough. Hey, can you be MTV guy again? <laughs> That'd be really cool. <laughs> so I'm listening to uh, uh, Carney comes out. Spokes whole Carney. And he introduces somebody. He looks has a look of disgust when he brings this woman out. Her name's Heather something. And they never put a lower third down on the screen. This is on C-SPAN, so they say who she was. Mm-hmm. But she's apparently some pre-spokesperson for the Department of the Interior guy who's a lot different than the Chew, that Chew dummy. Yeah. You won a Nobel Prize and shouldn't probably be in the government at all. He should be doing basic research. The guy who wants to make sure that we pay as much money for gasoline, he yeah. said so publicly, as the Europeans pay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you listen to the Interior guy, it's completely different. We're going nuts, uh, drilling and, take, and drilling. I'm sorry. Sorry? I jumped the gun. He's go, oh, yeah, the gun was, nuts was, for oil is the clip. We're going nuts, drilling and drilling. And this, I believe, is just a setup for the presidential campaign. So when the Democrats come out with their, you know, oh, you know, we're, we're, they won't let us drill. Uh, this is the, this 
if you listen to this, the, we're not getting the right information. So are we playing Who up. is Heather or, or Gone Oil Nuts? I think, well, play Who is Heather just so I can listen to this woman. Uh, and I'll take questions on other subjects. Uh, and with that, I think I'll turn it over to Heather and we'll get started. Thank you. Uh, as Jay said, the president today received uh, a new progress report showcasing the administration's historic achievements in securing our energy future. The accomplishments in the report, which represent the efforts of six federal agencies, underscore the administration's commitment over the past. Yeah, I, I can't stand this. Yeah, she's horrible. She's horrible, and she stutters, and she's reading. Yeah. So let's play the gone oil nuts. This is the <clears throat> Department of the Interior guy telling us what actually is going on. It's not really being reported. Thank you uh, very much, Heather. I think it's important for uh, all of us to note that uh, the domestic oil production is at an eight-year high in the United States of America. Uh, domestic gas production is at the highest level that we have seen in recent memory, and as uh, Heather just said, uh, we are importing the lowest amount of oil that we have in 16 years to the United States of America. For me, uh, for my time as a U.S. Senator and watching this debate now over the last 30 years, remembering back in 2008 when we were importing 57% of our oil from foreign countries to today when in 2011 we're import- importing only 45% is a dramatic uh, achievement and one that we are very proud of. On the uh, level of activity that we have underway in the United States, uh, we have uh, uh, we had a 55 percent increase in the number of rigs that were operating in uh, onshore for both oil and gas, as well as a significant number operating in the outer continental shelf, including in the Gulf of Mexico, where the Gulf of Mexico is back to work again, and oil and gas production is taking place there. On federal lands and water. Uh, We have uh, moved forward in the last uh, three years with a 13% increase in oil and gas production just from the federal lands themselves. Uh, Gas production in 2011 was uh, one of the best years that we've had in the last decade. And uh, the acreage that is being allowed to be developed by industry now includes about 72 million acres both on the land and in the sea where they currently are not developing. That is 72 million acres that have been leased to oil and gas companies where they currently are not developing. We have moved forward. Yeah, we're doing lots of stuff. We're going nuts. Yeah. And they don't want to report this because this gets the liberal base, you know, which is the anti-oil group. All worked up, you know, because of all they want the alternative, this and that. But when the when the election finally rolls around, they're going to, you know, and, and the Republicans go on with this with this patent bull crap that they're pr- saying, oh, you know, they don't like, uh, you know, we're trying to go alternative energy and wind power. And we're not doing anything with oil. It's not true. Now, I'm going to make a prediction about the election. I, I, I actually put this in somebody else's email and I said, wait a minute, I should make this prediction uh, for the Red Book. And the prediction is the following. Uh, I'm sticking with the, with the Romney uh, uh, versus Obama thing, even though I think it'd be funnier to have Santorum running. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whoever runs the following is going to be the case. Two things are going to happen. One, this is going to be the most expensive campaign in the history of the United States election. It's going to, there's going to be more money spent. And there was curious that CBS just reported a 160 or $180 million profit. Profit, yeah. That they credited to, to the, all these to campaign, political campaigns, yeah. Yeah, which is, and yeah. so there, the media is all for this. Oh, yeah. This, the second is going to be the most money spent. And here's the kicker to the prediction it is going to be the lowest turnout in the history. I believe that too. I think it's of ab- elections. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. These, the, whoever they run, the Republicans, the, it's the same guy. You might as well just leave Obama in, you know? What difference does it make? 
Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there's, there's. So still, I'll go further and predict Obama's going to win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very afraid of that. But it seems like, uh, you know, as you, as we discussed on the previous show, that looks like the Republicans are just about ready to throw in the towel and just throw the election and give it all up. Uh, there is a faction out there, and you know, I follow the, the White House Insider and the Wall Street Insider, uh, the Ulsterman uh, report, which is linked in the show notes to give them credit. And I do believe that these people are real and they're really, you know, they're, they're still trying to remove Eric Holder because he's like the he's the blocking mechanism. He's the, the firewall, Obama's firewall. And also, according to uh, these insiders, there's a growing faction inside the U.S. military, which is now basically trying to screw up Obama. Uh, I don't know if they're going to. Which is to- why is this where you get the idea that uh, the, this Afghanistan thing was a was rigged? Yeah, uh, rigged, Manchurian, whatever. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, it does make sense when you look at you know what the Joint Chiefs of Staff says, and you know it's basically the drones against the rest, right? It's like you know we Obama's got his drones. Doesn't give a crap. But we don't need military anymore. We don't need boots on the ground. We got the drones. That's why he loves it so much. He's sitting up there in his second-story office making the bald men cry, thinking about his drones. Um, it'd be very sad if uh, if that happened, because I think no matter what, we got to get him out. And, uh, well, it'd all be good for the show. It doesn't matter. you know. We, if Ron Paul became president, it would be fantastic, because then we'd actually get an invitation to the White House and we'd go. Yeah, we would get an invitation, which means oh, yeah. we <laughs> again, of course. And get this, Miss Mickey wants me to kiss her in the China room. In the what? The China room. Is that slang for something? Uh, it's a movie reference. Oh. Uh, and, you know, but I'm sure it would be great. It would be a freaking party, man. We'd have a good time. You know we'd get invited. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're not getting invited by this crowd. <laughs> these folks I don't think these folks these folks don't want us hanging around uh, uh, Panetta meanwhile was I went to uh, and this was, you know, was all a part of it you you read that he went to the Helmand uh, province and they made the marines lay down their arms you heard about this right no yeah this was right after this uh, uh, this uh, soldier went rogue and shot up a bunch of people. Then uh, Panetta shows up, our new Secretary of Defense, ex-CIA, and they make them disarm, which tells you something right there. They're afraid that you know someone's going to go shoot up the place and shoot up Panetta. So he does a speech. You know, I'll give Rumsfeld this, and and all these other douchebags, and Robert Gates, and. At least they look like military guys trying to rile up the troops. This Panetta. Yeah, especially Rumsfeld. This Panetta, man. I, I got a little clip here from him. If you think, I mean, I can just imagine. First of all, he, he, he's introduced. I don't have that piece, but he's introduced. No one claps. There's no like, woo! No one. And he's that asshole. Sorry. And uh, he lays out the biggest bull crap. And you know that these poor boys and girls who are over there got to be thinking, you're so full of crap. You are so full of crap. Listen to his speech. It went on for 30 minutes. Here's a, an excerpt. Uh, we're, we're obviously 
working to try to stand together with the Afghan people. We're fighting for a common cause to try to ensure that Afghanistan never again becomes a safe haven from which uh, terrorists can launch an attack uh, against our country. 9-11. What? Oh, yeah, no, no. It's, uh, keep listening. It's crazy. It was an attack against all of us. Uh, it was an attack against all who believe in freedom and in democracy. And the reality is that all of us stepped forward to try to ensure that what happened on 9-11 does not happen again and to try to build an Afghanistan that ultimately can secure and govern itself. Uh, that's, that's the mission that we're involved with. Mission not only to make sure that we go after Al-Qaeda and their terrorist allies, uh, that uh, we go after all of those that would support uh, that kind of terrorism, and the key to that is an Afghanistan that can secure and govern and control its own country. You lying sack of crap. I mean, how can anyone in that audience be said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is for the we never want terrorists to come out of here and uh, strike uh, America. Yeah, it's all about 9-11. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. My my shoe slipped off. <laughs> Hit you in the head, you douchebag. That is so unbelievably. We should be bombing Hamburg. <laughs> we should be I mean, bombing. That's where Pen- most of the plotters came from, and there was, and of course, and Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia. Where, the, where the guys actually Saudi came Arabia. From. Yeah, this whole I mean, no, this Afghanistan was a was a safe haven for for one guy for a while. We think we don't know. <laughs> We did find him in, in Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, which is probably where it was, was where everyone thought he was anyway. So the whole thing is bogus. The it's for poppies. Yeah, these boy pop. Well, that's to fund the the, the the CIA and their drones. But it's they, they know Helmand Province. It's on the pipeline. Everyone knows why they're there. They're not stupid. Yeah, they're trained to be killing machines, but they're not stupid. And just just like uh, you know, like. You got to be careful, man. I'm sure there's a lot of grumbling after that speech. Oh, there was like no applause, no nothing. Just like everyone like, why did he do it? Well, it's his job. But why did he do it? He didn't have to give that speech. Well, because they had just had the the big shootout and he had to go down there. And, you know, like if you and I are running a company and one of our employees kills 16 customers, you might want to think about, you know, riling up the troops. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't riling. That wasn't getting anybody. Well, jacked. I'm not I saying mean, he, first he disarms everybody so they don't shoot him in the spot. Yeah. And, which was probably a smart thing to do. Yeah. And then uh, he gives a boring talk about. It looks just sounds like bull crap. Yeah. And it's not didn't get anybody all wor- worked up for sure. He never got any applause or anything. He had to be there for some other reason. And he just did this speech as 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 kind of a window dressing for well, the no, real he, reason he, he was there. Well, he met with Karzai, right? He, he the, the, that, that's the whole thing. No, he met with Karzai and he had this whole thing. Oh, we're so sorry. Probably with a with a with a briefcase full of money. Uh, I uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, really. I, I think we're looking at uh, we're going to see a lot of senior guys getting popped, 
you know, we, we already know that we had it was it a, a, a colonel and a lieutenant and like two ha- high ranking officers got shot. Remember, you had that story. It was just two guys. There were two high ranking officers right. that got shot by a guy in a in a soundproof room. Right. So he could walk out of there. And uh, uh, this, it seemed more like an assassination specific to these two guys. I'm not sure it was part of the. It, that was like the excuse was the Koran burning, but I, I'm not buying that. Well, you know, the Koran burning, you know what that actually was, don't you? It wasn't like a bunch of soldiers standing around a campfire going, like, hey, let's burn these Korans. That's not what it was. You know what it was, right? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah, they burning trash. Of, they've collected a bunch of trash. Uh, Essentially, notebooks. Yeah, they were just burning trash. Yeah, they're burning trash, and then all of a sudden, it became this huge thing. Well, it's just because they, they were obviously so naive about it, mm. it shows how dumb these guys. No, are. I, I don't think they I, had I, a bunch of locals helping them, and they, then apparently, as they were shoveling the trash into the burner, they one guy there was a hey, Quran in there. So, hey, what are you guys you're burning the Quran? He <laughs> said, "Well, it's book? just <laughs> it was, I guess." And then, well, <laughs> hell breaks loose. <laughs> Sounds like a setup to me. And how does that jive with the following? One of our producers, one who always used an anonymous remailer, sent me a link to fedbizops.gov for a, uh, a tender, a solicitation. Oh, so he's in the he's in this. He's obviously a in, uh, in the defense industry. Yeah, he's in the industry in some way, shape or form. No doubt about it. And uh, this is a tender. Uh, let me see if it has a name for the SMS text message program. And I found this interesting for a number of reasons. I read the intro here, which I will share with you, uh, mainly because it is meant for Afghanistan and other places. So that means it could be used anywhere. Introduction. The Combined Joint Psychological Operations Task Force. I thought they had changed their name, but apparently uh, the Combined Joint Psychological Operations Task Force uh, doesn't use the... uh, what was the uh, the acronym again? Uh, the MISO. Yeah, MISO they, soup. They don't use MISO anymore. Is responsible for planning and executing theater-wide psychological operations. PSYOP. It literally says PSYOP in this document. I love this. And programs and objectives. As the lead organization for nationwide PSYOP campaign execution, the CJPOTF requires the means of delivering tailored messages through various forms of media such as print, radio, television, billboards, to target audiences throughout Afghanistan to achieve its mission. The CJPOTF seeks to exploit a program developed by DARPA, and this becomes important in a second, called More Eyes, Mm -hmm. as in More Eyes, that involves generating data about local populations, attitudes, and views through the use of SMS text messaging. Uh, And then it goes into a couple of things that the vendor has to be able to do. Uh, Develop a a database of the populace to include demographics about age, occupation, location, phone numbers, etc. Track coverage. uh, Produce tailored surveys to find target audiences. It's like advertising gig. In order to extract relevant information, support uh, campaign uh, and program assessment. Message regional audiences to inform local populace about ISAF or insurgent incidents. Develop a platform to message target audiences after transition takes place, etc., etc., etc. So the two things that were interesting to me, one was uh, this More Eyes program called DARPA. uh, the, the, The DARPA program called More Eyes. And the fact that it states that this is for Afghanistan and other places, which I'm thinking could be, I don't know, America? As a thought, yeah, I'm just thinking maybe it's America. 
Well, I mean, they, I don't think so because well, they've already, that's already been in play. But listen to this. So then I find the Thermopylae Sciences and Technologies Corporation who have actually responded to this. And they say they have a great contact with DARPA and Google and will be perfect to implement this program. And what did we just hear about DARPA? Google? Yes. <coughs> Jeez. What did we just hear about DARPA? Yeah. The DARPA what? director, Regina Dugan, is going to leave DARPA and, and go, work, to go to work for Google. Google. Thank you. For the More Eyes program. Watch this code name, More Eyes. Is it two words or one? Two words. More Eyes. So it it's, huh. seems to me, and and this is sophisticated stuff. They're they're going to be correlating text messages to find out attitudes of people, and of course, all five of the uh, mobile networks in Afghanistan are cooperating. Well, we know that they're all cooperating here in the United States. So I think more eyes is going to be implemented here, and that's the code name: more eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was probably to catch those whatever those evil or what the the. The violent, what's that, the new term coming up? Oh, the uh, HVEs. HVEs. Homegrown violent extremists. Yeah, so the more eyes will counteract them. Yep. Now, talking about this type of subject, so I found this very weird. The U.S. ambassador to Russia uh, has this, he's I got a Twitter account. He's gone Twitter nuts. <laughs> and, and play this clip, uh, U.S. ambassador on social media. And that's why things like Twitter and Facebook are tremendously interesting tools for me. I only got on Twitter six weeks ago. Uh, I never had a Twitter account. Not allowed to when I worked at the White House. Uh, And I was given very explicit instructions to use whatever means available to do what we call public diplomacy. Right? Uh, So I use the media. I've I've been on on Russian television, on state channels, Russia Today, as well as opposition. I, I, I think, you know, engagement is the right policy because we don't we don't feel like we have anything to hide in terms of what we're trying to do. Uh, um, and I found uh, Twitter to be a, a really interesting way to engage with Russian society. If you're not on Twitter, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I don't want to embarrass uh, <laughs> people that are closer to my age than Josh's, but uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I felt like I knew something about Russia before I, I moved to Russia. You know, I've worked on it for a bit and written some books and been working at the White House for three years. Uh, the amount that I have learned in the last eight weeks by just being on Twitter is just shocking to me. I never, ever expected it. Huh. Wow. A couple of things were weird about that. One is this the fact that he's taking Twitter seriously. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't do it, use it if you were in the White House. Why? I don't know. Why? Because. And also, the other thing about this character, he has got all the mannerisms and style of Bill Gates. He does. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, good call. Totally and he does. has a Bill Gates type of... Uh, presentation he, he if you kind of squint a little bit he's actually looks like bill gates he's got the same gesture style and the and the pausing and the stuttering and the huh. whole thing uh, which i find interesting yeah he I guess he was a professor at uh, stanford at some point and but i i kind of like this guy well uh, let's keep but, our eye on him because he'll be our key to knowing when uh when russia becomes our bestest our bff yeah he's yeah. going to be part of the deal yeah so 
A couple of Haiti things. You know, I love to talk about Haiti. 2009, we had the horrible earthquake caused by the earthquake machine. The entire country has been raped. Bill Clinton moved in. The whole shillage is in. Uh, so he's now uh, bringing in uh, his uh, solar companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. We're, we're, we're setting up solar panels for the hospital. Hey, that's not a good idea, Bill. Because if there's no sun one day, then what? The, the ICU shuts down? <laughs> Like that, that a-hole is just trying to, you know, just more money for bogus green companies that don't need it. But NPR put out a report that blew me away. Now, of course, we know after you know, it wasn't enough to have uh, hundreds of thousands of Haitians um, living in the dirt, eating mud cakes. Uh, we had to come in with the United Nations and uh, give them pooping disease. Uh, documented that, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, we had a couple guys with cholera. Yeah, we brought them along anyway. We didn't notice they were sick. We didn't notice they were, like, shitting their brains <laughs> about out. About to die. Didn't notice that. No, and then they pooped in everybody's water, and everyone's got cholera. And then remember what they did? What'd they do? What did they do? They, they didn't do anything. They came out with a, an experimental vaccine against oh, right. cholera. Yeah, they came with some bull crap. Yeah, remember yeah. it was an experimental vaccine. Yeah, that gives them. They got a free audience there. They can they can test it on the poor people in Haiti. Has really imploded, but that's what they've been doing for generations. You know, I was talking with your editor Richard, and he mentioned that he uh, sent you down to Haiti to be there for the start of this vaccine program. But I gather while you're ready to see it, they're not actually ready to do it. No, they're very ready to do it. It's just that there's been some uh, a big glitch lately that's held yeah. it up. There are two medical groups who've been working for most of the past year to vaccinate against cholera, but there's been a controversy about whether it's a medical experiment or not, and so they're having to work through that. You know, yeah. Richard, people get vaccines by the millions all the time. Why would it's good. Vaccine's good. I'm at NPR. Vaccine's good. We know there's public media. Vaccine's good. It'd be controversial to give a vaccine. Why wouldn't the stupid, sick Haitian people want vaccines? It's stupid, stupid, mud-eating people. For cholera. Well, a couple of things. Some people think that it, the effort should be spent on getting clean water and, and sanitation. Well, there's a concept. Wow. Wow. Those, Who would have thunk that? What idiot came up with that concept? No, this is not. Oh, no, don't do that. Shoot him up. But secondly, Shoot him up and let him eat crap. there's been concern that this vaccine was experimental. And that's been uh, really just a confusion of timing. Last year, when they originally proposed it, this vaccine was not approved by the World Health Organization. Now it is. But lately, people have said this is an experiment. So they're trying to work that out and, and make it clear that it's really not an experiment. This is a certified, safe, and effective vaccine. Yes, certified, safe, and effective. It's a fact. It's a fact. fact. Yeah, the Haitians are like, you ain't sticking that needle in my arm with that experimental crap. And then the World World Health Organization says, oh, no, it's it's good, it's good, it's good. She's a shield, that woman. How horrible is this? It's unbelievable. Uh, and uh, we've got to wrap things up, but I want to go to Euroland for a moment. We're coming up on March 23rd when, of course, uh, we will see the entire uh, uh, Eurozone implosion, which uh, will start with Greece, but they will not leave the Euro. I'm telling you, they will not leave the Euro. Uh, they will just kill the Greek people. They're, they're, the Greek people, they're, just, they're out on the street. They're the 50, more than 50% uh, unemployment. People have no food. And uh, and all you get from Europeans, and I met a couple of Europeans. And by the way, I want to say hi to Sir Anthony from uh, Australia. He came up to me at South By, and uh, he's uh, one of our knights from down under. 
And uh, just wanted to give a shout out to him before I forget. But I saw a couple of Europeans and, you know, they've been so indoctrinated. They're like, well, you know, yeah, we got problems, you know, these lazy, stupid Greek people. That's literally how they talk about them. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, we this is that's not how you talk about your brothers and sisters who are being screwed. They're really they're, they are dying out there. And you live in a third world union. So Haiku Herman. I never noticed, by the way, that the Greeks, and I'm fairly well traveled, that the Greeks were any lazier than the Swiss. No, they're not. It's, it's, it's a propaganda. It's a bullcrap yeah, bull campaign. Bull I mean, they, campaign. They can see the Germans thinking everyone's lazier than they are. I mean, that's not an unusual attitude, but that's bullcrap, too. But, the, but it's like, we're all, we, everything sucks because of the Greeks. And mean and the Greek, the people are dying. Suicide rates are up. It's it's really bad. This is really, really, really bad. Uh, and uh, and I, I pity everyone in Europe. So Heiko Herman, the president of the United States of Europe, does kind of his uh, State of the Union. Oh, yeah. It goes unnoticed because no one knows the guy. <laughs> it goes unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. It didn't interrupt my my broadcasting uh, network viewing. No. Well, luckily he has a vlog. Oh, it's haiku. He has a vlog. It's actually called the president's vlog, which I think is a venereal disease. Is that the thing inside the toilet? Yeah, it's the thing that goes inside the thing that goes inside the toilet, the vlog. So first he explains how he got into this mess in the first place. Can you um, can you guess what how this happened? What this uh, how this how this mess happened? What can we blame this on? Well, see, if I was going to blame it on, I don't know. I would bl- blame it on the United States if I could, but no, nah, that that, would, can't do that. Do I wouldn't that. blame it on the Chinese. I nah. wouldn't bl- Who would you blame it on? Well, you'd have to blame it on the Greeks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, he's actually pretty honest about it, but it's quite incredible. He just comes out and says it. What okay. had been a solution became a problem. The reasons behind the debt problem are diverse. In most cases, it is not because of gross profligacy in public spending. In some, it is because of large banking sectors insufficiently supervised, which collapsed and had to be rescued by the taxpayer. Oh, okay. Oh, did anyone know that in Europe? Did you realize that you bailed out the banks and that was what it was? Well, apparently, I don't remember anyone else saying that ever. I mean, it's obviously what it is. He's right. Now, wait until the end as Haiku Herman in this clip explains how we're going to fix it. And the real fix, of course, it gives a whole laundry list of stuff. And the real fix is the last three words. We approach the question from many angles, making sure that at the same time as we bring budgets under control, we keep investing in our future, in education, in research and development. Pay close attention to what he says here. Hold on a second. Let me back it up. In education, in research and development, and listen to this word. Research and development, in innovation, stimulating investment. Simulating investment. No, no, no. He doesn't say stimulating. He says simulating. He says simulating, but he meant stimulating. Okay, all right. Looking closely. Well, now, keep listening. At expenditure, making assistance to the unemployed more proactive, looking at revenues, for instance, by tackling tax evasion and tax fraud. Ah, we're going to come down on you, bitches. Exploiting to the full the single market, especially the services and digital markets, as emphasized again in a letter by 12 colleagues. 
Reducing the tax burden on labor, especially on low-income earners. Slaves. Increasing trade, opening sheltered sectors, such as professional services and retail. Slaves. Improving the best business environment, cutting red tape and paperwork, thanks to digital public administration. In short, making the right choices for jobs and growth in the midst of fiscal consolidation. There it is. Fiscal consolidation which means we're putting all of your money into Brussels and we're going to spend it however we see fit. And they spoke about taxes. So there's a a member of uh, Nigel Farage's party, the UK Independent Party, who did a nice little uh, 30-second, 45-second routine about a new tax that is being proposed. If you want to start a uh, United States of Europe global tax, you don't start by taxing wages right off the bat. you got to ease people into it. Now, if you and I were running the Starship uh, Command, John, what would the first tax be that we would uh, impose upon all of the human resources across the United States of Europe? Well, if we wanted to tax everybody, not just tax a bunch of businesses, and which is an, a, a kind of an implied version of taxing everybody, uh, I would probably do something like a value-added tax, a small one. No, no, that would be too harsh. I think we have to ease it in a little, little more gently. All right, what? Okay. Mr. President, um, this regulation is the thin end uh, of yet another wedge. The danger is that it will lead to an EU law of property ownership. An EU certificate of succession is a short step away from a European probate registry and the introduction of an EU property tax. Now, I doubt that many people in England realise that we are debating the EU's intention to create, take control of inheritance law. Uh, the one good thing I can say about this is that the British government has exercised its opt-out. It hasn't done that out of any principle because it doesn't have any principles where the EU is concerned and there is only so much that you can get past the British public at any one time. What amazes me is not that they've opted out, but there was ever any serious intention of opting in. Some MEP, I was going to address myself to MEPs here, but there's so few of them, it's kind of a redundant statement this evening. But anyway, some MEPs might like to consider the wisdom of handing yet more control to the EU in this area and um, vote with MEPs from the UK Independence Party against it. Thank Tax dead people. Yeah. Yeah, death tax, we call it. Yeah, I think that's a really smart way to ease it in. It's it's to dead people. They're not going to complain. Yeah, just take their stuff after they die. Yeah. Taxing dead people, I think it's a genius way to go. Nah, it's not bad. (laughs) We we might have uh, recommended that. It's possible. Possible. We'll see. This is not going to end well. Oh, no, no. Well, the, the idea is, if, and I think that if you go all the way back to our first shows, when you thought I was totally wacky, and of course I was hammered from all the weed I was smoking, uh, but it really does seem like United States of Europe, North American Union, we, you, uh, your girls there, they have their uh, passport cards, which are for the North American Union, for Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Um, and then we'll Cool do- card, by the way. Yeah, very cool. And, uh, you know, then they want to make it global. We'll have a global government. We'll have a <clears throat> global army. It's all coming together. It really is coming together. They're doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, we're watching basketball. You're watching basketball. You're tweeting about it. You're so into it. I didn't watch any of the game. Oh, you were tweeting about it. Yeah, it's because I'm disgusted by the fact that we have a athletic conference out here on the West Coast. It's just stinks. 
And I believe it's because the guy running it is, uh, he's into, he's just a marketing guy. He doesn't know anything about sports and he's just letting the thing languish. So if we have any candy stripers or doctors or nurses in the Seattle area, I'd like to get some information from you. One of our uh, producers, and this, this will be my last one. One of our producers um, who is very afraid to send me the email because she says, look, I'm a single mom. I can't risk losing my job, so I, I can't send it to you. And she doesn't know how to encrypt her email or anything. And I understand. That's cool. Uh, here's her note to me. Adam got an email about a drill scenario at Seattle hospitals who were asked to participate. The drills, quoting the email, so she only gave me a quote. The drill scenario is a series of local attacks occurring throughout downtown Seattle, and hundreds of deaths and injuries have been reported at multiple locations. Area hospitals have been asked to surge to respond to those events and provide care to victims. We are now preparing for an influx of patients. Most of the victims have varying degrees of burns and gunshot wounds. Mm. And I can't find anything about this on the web. Hmm. Burns and gunshot. Well, maybe our listeners can help us on this this one. How about burns and gunshot wounds, though? What kind kind of disaster would that be? Burns and gunshot. Well, that would be... uh I guess is, there, is this a movie? There's got to be a movie. Are they sh- are they oh, sh- there's gotta be, yeah, there's got to be a movie. They've got to be shooting a movie somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it I, is. I'm not liking this. I didn't... False flag, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Well, that was fun. Oh, no. It's a blast. I always love talking to you, John. As long yeah, as we, it's so uplifting. Yeah, as long as <laughs> guns and uh, guns and burn wounds. Especially when you finish with it, like some scenario we don't even know anything about that could happen any minute. I could always play my Mattel Hot Wheels uh, MTV News segment if that'll make you feel happier. No, no, that would make yeah. me feel worse. Yeah. Uh, today's uh, show uh, coming up at three o'clock uh, Eastern time. I guess that's uh, uh, just about now. <clears throat> uh, see the other side of live. With motivational speaker, podcast personality, and self-help author R. Mordant Mayen. Uh, Armor Damon is how you pronounce it. Okay. Armor Damon. Hmm. Uh, that'll be on the stream, uh, and it airs weekly Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you catch that. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday with more uplifting news from all around Gitmo Nation. Check out No Agenda newsnetwork.com and from Camp Mofo here in the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning everybody my name's Adam Curry and from Northern Silicon Valley I'm John C. Dvorak talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda It's only the start of 2012, but already coast to coast we hear reports that humanity has evolved globally. Now that we know the cause of all our woes, Joseph Coney. The world's now on a better path, and the panacea seems to have come from this hero white man here. 
whose internet video played a vital role in highlighting the plight of Uganda's child soldiers. It went viral and spread with unprecedented speed, shared over Twitter feeds and endorsed by celebrities. To tell us more, we're happy to have him on. It's General Baxter, representing AFRICOM. General Baxter, good to see you. Right back at ya. Tell us, what does all this signify for Africa? Well, Robert, I can tell you for a start. Kony 2012 really made me appreciate art. When my son showed me this clip, my heart was stirred. I was spurred to action to right the wrong that occurred. Tell us your feelings, General. Be honest. Since we killed Osama, there's been a hole in my stomach. Sorry to hear that. I miss him. Why? Because we desperately need a new dark-skinned Disney villain so we can justify defense budgets of trillions in a never-ending quest to kill him. And this time, it's African soil where we need to get embroiled and quick before China gets all the oil. So this Kony is a perfect gift, then. He looks like a bad guy and he hurts children. Kony 2012 was an experiment. Was it a success? Yes. Kids are begging the U.S. to bomb Africa next. Check this out. Let me introduce you to Gavin, my son. Gavin, what does daddy do? Kill poor people. With guns. Yeah. Now look what happens when I show Gavin a picture of an African. Who's this? That's a bad guy. That's right. And what do we do to bad guys? We use drones and armed forces to kill them and take their resources. Yeah, see, Robert? Even a four-year-old has got it. This makes me so proud. Sorry. The video's done more than you ever envisage, and in 27 minutes, without cats or titties. We used to have to wait for terrorist attacks to justify interventions and mineral grabs. Now, thanks to viral videos, we can send advisors to lynch, I mean arrest, black, I mean bad guys. And what will you do once they've been caught? Hand them over to the International Criminal Court. You mean the same court which the U.S. refuses to submit to for its own war crimes and abuses? Is that hypocrisy? <laughs> Robert, honestly, the ICC only prosecutes dark people's atrocities. Okay, I hear there's been criticism of the video's accuracy, fallacies, and neo-colonial fantasies. Don't have such a heart of darkness, Robert. Join the missionary industrial complex. Save poor Africa from burning. Accept the white man's burden. Plus, 90 million Americans now know that Africa exists. That's good, no? I suppose so. All right, General Baxter, thanks for appearing tonight to explain the facts in black and, well, mostly white. Some might disagree with this call to make Coney famous, but what we've witnessed this week is nevertheless momentous. A demonstration of this internet's potential abilities to instantly inform and engage tens of millions, and a willingness of those millions of people to engage passionately with something more meaningful. Combined, these are promising signs of the potential energy that lies dormant and primed, ready to rise when the moment arrives. What that moment will be, we shall see in time. Dvorak.org slash N-A